What up, world? DJ Chorizo Funk. You're tuned in to the Feedback Podcast. Chill. What up, everybody? It's back with the Feedback Podcast. In this episode, it's the return of the one and only DJ Mel. And he brought along Mr. DJ John Mighty. And we talk about how Mighty got started, uh, DJing, how the reggae came about, and Soul Shakedown, and Ring the Alarm. Uh, we talk about the local DJ scenes, all the crews, DJing weddings, which is pretty cool. So if you're a DJ and you're thinking about getting into this whole wedding business, they had a lot of advice to give out. But also, these two have been around for a while, and they have stories for days, and that's why the show was quite long, I would say. But... Uh, yeah, if you've been uh, if you've been in Austin for a long time, you're going to enjoy all the stories they they told on this show. Uh, they bring up Empanada Parlor and Tombaleo and all those spots. Really going to bring back some memories. And if you're new and listening to this, it's really going to give you insight on what Austin was and to some degree still is, uh, because there's still some elements of that t- uh, around to this day. So also make sure you subscribe, comment, iTunes, Stitcher, rate, all that good stuff. All right, let's go. And we're live. Welcome to the Feedback Podcast. My name is Back, and today is the return of the one and only, he needs no introduction, Mr. DJ Mel. How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) What's up? Peace to the planet. Yes. Uh, 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 And with him, alongside alongside DJ Mel, we got got the great Mr. DJ Jamighty. What you say, Mr. Back? Doing good, doing good. Always good, my my youth. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, so the man is no introduction. Mel's been on the show. If you go back, like, episode five, like, almost a year ago, you can go back and listen. The man's done it all. Uh, played for the president, like, six times or something and done so much. Um, so it's been a year almost. So what you been up to, man? What you got? You've done – I'm sure you've – Same old, same old, man. You know, just uh, – just grinding, you know, just working. Hustling and flowing. Wait, so you did, you got into the music, Austin Music Hall of Fame. That's not nothing. That is far from nothing. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean. You it's can blush. Bit. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was awesome. Like, I don't know. It was just, it was awesome. It's, it's a definitely a big honor to be nominated and being in, inducted into the Austin Music Hall of Fame for sure. You think it was overdue? No, I don't, dude. I don't, dude. I don't expect anything. Like, I don't expect any accolades whatsoever. When I, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm. I didn't get into DJing. Um, I was actually telling someone this the other day, like at at Volstead, like, yo, like, if you're if you are going into DJing with the intention of like being famous, you've already lost, dog. Because like part of like the like because you're missing out on so much. You know what I mean? You're like. You're, you know, you are because, you know, just learning how to DJ, you know, and just learning how to mix and and then knowing about all sorts of music and just that journey mm-hmm. to like wherever you're going to go in your DJ career. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that yeah. why so, I failed? I, can't, I was trying to figure it out. <laughs> you know, I was, you know, you I know was I mean? wondering like, what happened, real. man. Like, I, I think. Like, he's, all, he's all mad. <laughs> yeah. Because I think, I think, I think. Intentions for the new, like the like for the like the young DJs that just started. I think their intentions are completely different from the intentions that maybe I had or like David had or Baby G or you know any of the older DJs 
or the the established DJs in this town or just anywhere in the country or in the world. I mean, we, we had a we had the show. I had you know a, I mean? a, yeah. a Dub Academy on the show a couple of weeks ago. We yeah. talked about that. Like the DJs are the rock stars now, and people look at that and say, "Oh, I can be in front of a crowd of a sea of ten thousand people and do the Jesus pose, and and that's what I want to do." Yeah, but they yeah. don't really see all the work and all the uh, the dedication that goes, you know, before that. I mean, when absolutely. You, if one day you were just, you know, folding pants at J.C. Penney, you know, and then you you go and buy a controller, it's not going to happen in a in a year, even. Well, I mean, it, you it, don't get to that level. I mean. It could. All you I gotta mean, do is remix a track, and there you go. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, seriously, the new it, it, it could. But the thing about the crazy thing about that, like my trajectory is like like my career, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like with like the like some of these guys, you know, you know, more power to them. If they come out strung out at the gate, like in their playing festivals like that, mm-hmm. the only way is down. You know what I mean? Like you can't get any higher than that, you know what I mean? Like, like the only way is like some kid's gonna come up with some some new, and then people are gonna forget you. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> like it's it's very you know, it's kind of like the whole like you know, um, the news cycle. Like you you know, like, like news topics they last they, they last for forty eight hours. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. the universe you know, has like, a way to balance itself out, and you you skyrocket up so quickly. I bang, unfortunately, sometimes it's like it's like slow. It's like a slow burn for me. You know what I mean? That's like I'm thinking of like like the the long game. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So yeah. It's, it's, so speaking of journey, what has been your journey, Dave? <laughs> my my journey. Yes, um, like you, everybody, everybody has, you know, when I, I've had a bunch of DJs on the show, people into music and say, oh, well, you know, at my house, my, my, my father had this record collection. My mom used to play uh, Bruce Springsteen or Eagles or whatever. And that's how I grew up, you know, with the music and I was around it. So it was logical for me to get into the business. So what was what was your thing? Well, when I was born, okay. I remember my mama saying, <laughs> this boy is special. He's going to make something. No, um, you know, my household was pretty pretty chill. I mean, you know, there was uh, a lot of the early 70s and 80s. You got the Commodores, Smokey Robinson, cool stuff like that. My mom was really chill. Um, but I guess it was just just something. And, you know, I remember... She actually purchased me first Michael Jackson record. Uh, I remember Purple Rain soundtrack. I mean, in my Walkman, just busting that tape out and just, you know. So my roots weren't really as, as maybe as 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 cool of a story as a background. But I knew there was something in music that I, I knew there was a connection, and just kind of from there, um, it just. You know, it it really was a kind of like Mel said, a slow burn in regards to what I knew that I want, what I wanted to do with it. But I remember being a bicycle messenger downtown. Um, you were actually, already in Austin. Yeah. Well, actually, I would have to say that uh, there was a little period uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, and I just like buried myself into Bob Marley, all the early Whalers, uh, you know, Peter Tosh. Certain things like that that it gave me 
kind of an out of like this kind of system that I was in that I knew that I didn't want to be a part of. So I had this kind of affinity towards, you know, music that was one part cultural, spiritual, but it was also rebellious in a, in a sense that it didn't really fit any particular mold. So, but you knew it was going to be reggae. Then. I knew, I knew from there it was going to be reggae. But there was a strong like. I knew I was going to be the opposite of what I was dealing with. Very regimented, you know that whole lifestyle. I mean, I'm not going to go into the whole military experience. I mean, but I knew it was going to be the opposite of that. So, I mean, when day I was released. Started growing the beard, started growing the locks, the started going to be like, yo, I've got to be like Nesta. You know, this man was free. He just mm-hmm. he just did what he what he believed and what he wanted to be and brought just so much to so many people. So that time, I'll say, about, I don't know, about 20, 21, that's when I knew, like, the music connection was definitely reggae. And did you did someone teach you how to do all that, or you had a collection? And no, no, just, no. This was. Uh, I mean, this I was man's still. I was his mustache in the meantime. Yeah, I got that. I mean, you know, yeah, he's, he's got to get those flakes out. You know, you got to, <laughs> you got to moisturize that shit on me. If I could give you any insight, dude, on I'm keeping obsessed the beard. with grooming, grooming the beard now, man. <laughs> that's good, uh, man. You got to stay groomed. But um, you know, that's when you know, still buying tapes was where it was at, and I mean, I just went through the whole tough gong catalog and then you know when i digested that i was like all right what's next and i was like all right well there's buju um you know israel vibrations you know in the beginning it was very very like roots cultural yeah, yeah, yeah. spiritual because maybe there was a void i mean i didn't really grow up with spirituality around my around my house so i think there was also a void a hunger to to feed that as well as i mean i mean the music's dope i mean it speaks to mm-hmm. all all people, as well as I felt it was kind of religious neutral. Yeah, there was a whole movement, you know, Selassie I, Second Coming, and stuff like that. Did you did you believe in that? Did you? I would not, never. I would never say that I was Rastafarian. Yeah, but I I kind of like the holistic kind of natural connection with kind of the herb, the herb. Obviously, if anybody knows me, <laughs> they would know that connection uh, runs strong heavily, connection <laughs> heavily in my blood. Um, even though I am completely sober for this here interview, um, but Damn, I just knew, told me, man, I got blaze <laughs> <laughs> on trees. Um, but so I just started seeking out new new artists. You know, once I have really gone through, uh, you know, the catalog of you know Tough Gong and the Whalers and. I didn't really know that I was going to do anything with that. I just knew like music is what really brings some serious, serious joy to my life. And I know if I stay true to it, like mm-hmm. I will figure out how I navigate my way through that. You have something to say? No. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I thought I've, I've thought about this many times about music, um, about what and DJing, what my life would be like right now. If it wasn't for DJing and music, yeah. I would probably be up to no good, dude. I would be trifling, dude, just stealing <laughs> stealing hubcaps. You know what I mean? I'm serious. I would be really? up to, I, I, I think, I don't know. I mean. I was wondering I, where my hubcaps went. You know, <laughs> I, I, damn. I, I, I got a picture of Mel. Mel, Mel, was the kid, Mel was a kid ripping off VW uh, logos like the Beast Boys. And yeah, right. Like that. I, I, think, I think I would probably be living a very 
mundane life. You know what I mean? I would it wouldn't be as colorful, yeah, and flavorful and just enjoyable. You know, like like it is. You know, well, and so you got you got your. You had your, the records. You bought your first set, and then you're like, okay, "Well, see, so the so the so the record buying really didn't come in." So you know, if we want to speak in like culturally, like Austin. So when I when I came back, I knew that like there was a scene. There was something that you know I wanted to, to kind of see happen. I mean, hip hop was really non-existent, you know. And see, that? I got out in '95, uh, so '96, '97. I mean. You know, the stuff I was doing was going to, you know, the the early Mercury, which I think is like Coyote Ugly now, I think. No, or, well, no, no, oh, but I mean the original Oh, the room. original Mercury? Yeah, yeah like, that, it was like a very long, narrow bar. I mean, oh, at, shit. at that time, you know, I was also like into, you know, improvisational music like Grateful Dead and Fish and Widespread Panic and, and, and other genres that I felt were kind of similar in, in regards to culture. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, like white hippie kids, you know, and Guatemalan print stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. I mean, it, it kind of went hand in hand, even though I boycotted on that Guatemalan shit. But I was still probably looked at as a white hippie kid, you know, that likes certain stuff. But then, you know, actually... uh I remember going to a root show at the Union. The Roots? The Roots at the at the Union and Bavu. What was that group that Bavu was in? He was the, in a the Relax. No, wait, I had him on the show. Yeah, the Relax Rel- crew. Yeah, and I remember seeing them and I was like, damn, these cats are kinda nice. And 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 this was well before knowing Bavu and, yeah, and I've yeah, come yeah. To, I've come to to meet him. And then um you know, there was a real serious void with just kind of hip hop culture. It was very, very uh, for you. I mean, just or in Austin. Well, what I felt in Austin, like there were people, you know, trying to bring you know shows. I remember, you know, early shows, Roots and um, all Black Moon and 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 you know that whole. I know. I remember seeing like during that time period, whether it was at Catfish Station, Catfish Station, or the Union, yeah, or yeah. like they were playing like the X Games way out in South Park Meadows when there were no there was no development. It was just a big big ass field, you know. Right, I mean? right. I think I, was, I saw the Roots like twenty times. It yeah. felt like that during that time period. I was I'm, like, they were always in town. Yeah, I mean, so as far as like that, but I'm was thinking any like homegrown talent, you know? Oh, yeah. Relax was from Dallas. Yeah. Um. And you know, it just didn't seem like there was, there was, there was much going on. So, so what'd you do? Um, well, I mean, I I didn't make anything of my own. I mean, I can't write lyrics and I can't spit. But you know, I just continued just kind of <laughs> fishing and finding, you know, where you know where the culture is, and that kind of will evolve into, you know, um, how I actually took the next step into. What is it that I can do to provide some culture in in Austin? There were things going on, and so after being a bicycle messenger, I started working at Waterloo. And at this time, I remember um, Nasty's was just is just Nasty's now, but it was Blow Pop originally, right? That was the original kind of yeah, name. Yeah, was like, that a yeah, yeah. The, the, the two, the two girls. The two girls um, that started it, they no longer live in Austin, obviously. <clears throat> and my buddy Chris, 
Chris Chen, who uh, was a, an affiliate of the record store, who wound up like doing big things. He worked he, like he worked for Domino Records. Now he works for Excel. He deals with like you know MIA, Passion Pit, like all these big bands now. But they started the night. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's when that night. I mean, like it's hard to believe now because it's like the crowd. The crowds are are pretty. Um, you know, they're you know they're they're medium sized. They're not crazy, but we used to ram five hundred people in there. Every Monday, crazy, and that's and this is when you could smoke in buildings. Oh. You, know I mean? you know what I mean? That like, was dude, the worst. I remember like the door would open and smoke would be billowing, billowing out of the you building. Think there was so a fire. Did y'all did y'all meet over there? No, I, I mean, think we, I, I, I the remember. I remember the first time I ever met you or saw you. You were DJing. Remember that homeboy? Like he used to repair turntables. It was over near kind of where Katz's is. Where homeboy? Used, what's his name? What's his name? Andrew that used to have that 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 hat and like flip flop store or whatever that shoe store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was Andrew. Yeah, I remember that. But it, that was on like uh, like Nuasis and something. Yeah, uh, yeah. But like, like homeboy, seven. like this kid that he used to DJ and he used to repair turntables. He was kind of like this dude that did everything, but he had a party. You know what I mean? And like there was this, there was kind of like this raver girl I was into at the time. Yeah. You know, and she went to that party, and I went there, and you happened to be DJing there. Wait, so I, how did how did you how did you even begin DJ DJing? That's what I was asking. <clears throat> Do you remember? Um, you know, I, I really, I really just, house. I really just, you know, stumbled across that because again, the love of music, you know, just started. Just buying records for the sake of buying records because, uh, you know, the vinyl was a format that I could really appreciate and, and get behind. And, um, you know, there was no real actual like this is what I'm this is why I'm buying records is to be DJing. But, um, you know, there was some people uh, I mean, I have to even. Uh, were you, were you like, part of uh, Empanada when it started? I was, but getting getting to that is um you know what really really propelled everything was you know mel started rock the casbah at empanada yeah yeah oh really yeah Yeah. i didn't know that there's an interesting story about the rock the casbah and 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 the empanada parlor i found out about the empanada parlor because like someone that we worked with knew someone there was friends with the owner right and they were like well, we Waterloo had their Christmas party there. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. So we we had the party there, and then our our home girl that worked with us at Waterloo was telling us, "Yo, they're about to shut this place down." Yeah. Because of I forgot what it was. It like, was the Hilton, now the Crown Plaza, or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. Well, it was like is it what Easy Tiger is? Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Six and 30, yeah. on six and thirty five almost. Yeah. So yeah, they I were remember. they were about to get shut down for some weird reason. So we were like. We got to support this place, you know what I mean? So, like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw an 80s party, man. I have all these records. That's my shit, you know what I mean? I love playing it. No one's really doing it. Let's just let's support the Empanada Parlor. Put some money in their pocket, you know, keep the lights on. Yes, sir. And, and, wow. and, 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 and let us do our thing. And that's how I met Damon Lang. Right. And Damon Lang is who owns Nomad Sound, who does, like all, like, a lot of the... Bigger PA systems at shows here in town. Yeah, yeah. That's him. You know what I mean? And he's like, you know, with Chris Pear. That's his girlfriend. And she has, she did sound at the parish forever. Yes. Who now does sound at the indie. It's a small world. But yeah, that's how the whole thing with the empanada parlor is that 
I wanted to I wanted to throw an eighties party, but most importantly, support the empanada parlor and like help them stay open. And I think that's how Dave like got exposed to the empanada parlor. And when you know, I just kind of followed suit. Like I saw, you know, these kind of branded events. You know, where you have a name that, in essence, can really give you everything about the party. Rock the Casbah. I mean. Class song, classic yeah, yeah. '80s song. Um, you know, at that time it, it wasn't it wasn't a monthly, but it it, it seemed like it, you you did it a little more in succession. It, but I think it was. I th- it's always kind of been a quarterly. I mean, there were yeah. maybe there were a few times where I would do it like maybe once a month, maybe I mean, because of like I remember when like when I was with Six Two Six Soul, the crew, right? Um, they wanted to do it like I, I had already done one, and then like Eeyore's birthday happened to be like the next month or something. Right. How about we do a Rock the Casbah at night or whatever, you know? So. so, so I saw that, and I started noticing these these trends. I was reading like Accelerator magazine. Fader was you know really kicking off at that uh, yeah, yeah. at that time, and I just started studying like what people were 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 doing, you know, with like quality design from their flyers and marketing. I mean, like flyers was really the primary. Um, yep. Avenue vehicle to promote event, so I just started taking street you know, team going on the street. Hey, you want to come to this? Hey, you want to come? To this? Yeah, and the, oh yeah, pre-internet, the, homie. Yeah, you know the street mean? team pretty much consisted of me hitting every night of the week events and standing out there passing out flyers. But you know, I noticed there was there was zero reggae. Like I know Baby G, they he had had a night uh, called Sunday School, and every like last Sunday. Of mm-hmm. the month, they did a reggae night, and that was the night I went to. I was like, that's "What year sh- was that?" Oh man, where, like before two thousand or after two thousand? I'd have to say before two thousand. Um, it could have been on the cusp of like ninety eight, ninety nine, because I remember I still have the first Soul Shakedown flyer, and that's that's what I'm gonna get into. But that's when I really got into it. I noticed I saw what Mel did with Rock the Casbah. People were loving that shit. Yeah. Empanada Parlor was this ill, you know, multi-dimensional space uh, with a downstairs, yeah, upstairs, yeah, outside. Yeah, I'm man. just like, this is such a great space. I'm like, Baby G would come into the store, and I would just start building with him. I think Mel really introduced me to him. At that time, it was like, oh, there's Baby G, the DJ that kills uh-huh. it, you know? And I just started chatting him up as he was, you know, thumbing through 45s, and was like, you know what? Mel's doing this really dope thing at the Empanada Parlor. Let's do a reggae night. I'll help promote it. You primarily be the talent, because at that time, I really wasn't DJing at yeah, that time. Yeah, I remember. And then, you know, we kind of had this kind of... Cons- I don't know. We... I don't know. We did a lot of great things for the Empanada Parlor. like, I mean- And those two events, like really went off immediately like soul shakedown was just a hit like people i did not know that people were going to be that hungry for I, was it I, I don't think i was 21 when i went there you didn't have to be yeah i you remember because be 18 I, for, I forgot how how found out about it but uh i remember uh yeah baby g was uh was uh was spinning there was a dude on the mic who's still around to this day but i'll keep forgetting his name he had a beard he always wore like the sizzler type yeah he his, he went by uh screw face that was his name yeah screw face yeah uh, that that 
interesting cat. I mean, I, I have no idea what he's doing now, but uh, he definitely brought yeah. a cool flavor. Like, because, you know, he would kind of flip it, you know, like when we would play a, a rhythm or an instrumental and he would just kind of go off on it and then Baby Drew would, would drop so it. So you, you were already Jamandi at the time? I. Or you have another let's name? Let's see. I had started doing um, a pirate radio station gig and I noticed that. Nobody was really doing new stuff, you know, Jamaican Gold, which I love those dudes 100%. I mean, whenever I have a car, I, I, I ride my bike primarily and I rent cars. But on Sundays, I just, I hope I still catch those guys. But the Jamaican Gold, I was like, okay, everything, you know, even Flamingo, Angela's a great person too. But, you know, Flamingo, it just felt like it was still very festival reggae that was being, you know, pushed. To people mm-hmm. that this this pirate radio station, I was like, you know what, I want to do the new stuff. I want to, you know, play, uh, you know, Beanie Elephant and all these things. And I just was kinda, yes, man. And I just started. <laughs> I was like, all right. So really, I had a show. That pirate radio station probably lasted like six months, mm-hmm. and I had just a little show called it Roots Reality. It was like. uh I don't know. I had a little thing because it was uh, the call sign was like 90, 90.3 or 91.3. I was like 91.3, Roots Reality with Ja Mighty. You know, that was like my little thing. And that's how Ja Mighty just kind of came about. Like it was just part of like, oh, uh, I need a little moniker. I, I, need, I need a rhyme. And what rhymes, <laughs> yeah. with, what rhymes with Roots Reality <laughs> and uh, also the radio station. And it just kind of stuck. I mean, I probably had like five loyal listeners but you know cats would call in and be like yo like what you're doing John Mighty and it just kind of stuck so uh, you know with the ganja you know memories are a little blurred but I could have you know been there by by that time but I was not was not DJing out by that time so when I got in with Baby G I'm like Baby G knew these cats out of Dallas Black One Sound so they would come down um, Mikey Squints and um, he had a brother I forgot his brother's name um but they were pretty much the talent, and I pretty much was the politician going out there, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies. And, like, I would literally um, walk up to people and be like, you will like this event. You should come to it. But we had, like, dope flyers, real I cool remember. stuff. So it was like it wasn't hard to promote something that, A, you believed in, but Austin did not have – and then you just have you, if you have quality design, you don't feel like you know you're coming with some bullshit. So I would just hit up all kinds of people, and at that time, those early days, the crowd was so diverse, it was kind of love. Like we yeah. had your hip hop heads, we had whatever <laughs> islanders were there, we had some college kids, Africans. And, we were repping in there too. I mean, <laughs> I mean, in force, and it was it was a it was a beautiful thing, and so you know. I think I, I really feel like with Rock the Casbah and and uh, Soul Shakedown at that time, yep. you know, we kind of opened up Empanada to be like an actual venue. Like, and people started seeing it that way to like actually do stuff. And they got to op- keep their doors open for a good year and a half. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to like take the credit, but no, I think, no, I think but... that, I think combined, I think that we did raise a w- awareness for that venue. Yeah. I mean, I like I I had such high hopes for that place for it to stay open, and then and then you know, and then it shut down. You think it's so. possible today to, to resurrect some places or <laughs> who are really like down in the in the gutter? 
I mean, I, I in a way, I think I think you can. Like in you know back then, I mean, we had to mobilize. You know what I mean? We had to pass out flyers. We had to really be physical and go out and like actually move. Yeah. Now you can mobilize online and go get a get a like a you know get you a could, hashtag going. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, start fundraising online and you know and I mean I think that. You know, if it's a place, it, and it also depends on the place. You know, like if it's a place that a lot of people go to, or pe- or if it's a like like you know, God forbid, like like plush. Like if that's a good example. Like yeah, if, yeah, they, yeah. if they needed to raise money for something, then they and the word got out online, dude. They, dude, yeah, it, yeah it, that's true. That's yeah, true. They would. That's true. They would be fine. I think. Yeah, and now that it's online, it would actually amplify yeah. the message, and people actually follow through and make sure shit happens. I mean, out of all. Of the events, like that was like the first stepping stone into that world for me. But you remember the signal to noise parties we did that were benefits for um, Empanada? The first, it was called yeah, yeah, Signal yeah, to yeah. Noise, yeah, yeah. and we had like. Was Donnie, bro- did Donnie D play one of those? Donnie D yeah, played. Yeah. Donnie so, D was around but, already? Yeah, dude, like oh, he's my yeah. dude, man. <laughs> Donnie I've, D, well, man. Uh, I've known Donnie forever, man. Yeah. That dude is like. Humble, straight up cat, nicest cat, and comes with it, dude. He comes with it, but but that was also where we kind of you know we actually showcased the the actual space. You know, we had hip hop upstairs, we had some electronic stuff going out, and then we had some alternative. You know, before a hipster was hipster, we had alternative stuff in the back. You know, yeah. And I mean, one of my proudest moments was I mean I think we raised a couple grand that night, that first night, and. We didn't. Nobody wanted anything out of that event because they knew that Empanada was, you know, this kind of special place. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it. I mean, just handing over the owners like here's two grand for your legal battles with the Hilton that have multi million dollar lawyers. <laughs> God, I almost forgot about down. that. Man. Yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, I still crazy. have the. Was it the Hilton or the Sheraton? Oh, it was the Sheraton. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah my yeah. bad. My bad. Yeah. But I mean, so. Um, Soul Shakedown at Empanada, right. for, and then, I mean, if, if I follow correctly, it was Empanada, then moved to, was it Flamingo or Tumbaleo first? I think it was Tumbaleo. No, I mean, I may uh, I may be throwing out a, a, an ancient name, but the Gallery Lombardi. Oh, oh, the Gallery Lombardi. Which that was, was on, right. on the racetrack, right? That was no. That was no. That was right next to Tom Belay. Yeah, on the, by the racetrack. Yeah, bi- oh, the railroad track. Yeah, railroad track, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I missed that place by uh, Bowie Street over there. Yeah, man. And they Dying basically, you could like carte blanche that shit. Like they were like here four hundred or what? I don't even remember the rate. It was super dumb. And you could have the if you had the place for twenty four hours. And um, God. I, I, Gallery Lombardi, I remember that. And so, uh, Soul Shakedown, we did that. And then, you know, when, um, you know, when Empanada ceased to exist, we took a little hiatus. And then um, it was just kind of time to bring something back. And since I was, me personally, was really into these kind of branded names, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like, Soul Shakedown did its thing. Let's do something that has a little more, I don't know, I felt... A little more ring impact, the alarm. and I'm just like, ring the alarm. It's just I got a so boy dying. Whoa, hey. you know, it was like it just seemed perfect um, for that. And then so that was Baby G and myself. So actually, to get into the D, to get really into where I got the DJing, like I did use Soul Shakedown as the platform, but 
that's when I started studying guys like DJ Drez, um, Max Glazer, and the whole Federation sound. Like I got this tape, like it was literally like handwritten with some crazy just copy of some like uh, lion on the front, like a cup. And they must have sent out all these like tapes to place. And Waterloo Records had this tape, and it was sitting in there like dollar ninety nine bin. And I grabbed this tape, and I just started studying like how reggae DJing is done because it's 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 not way different I mean you still want to have your programming you still want to mix you still want what but the rhythm the versions people didn't really know how that was how that yeah, yeah. Let, let's let, let, let's educate people a little bit because uh you want to do it, or you wanna uh, do it? I mean I'm not a, a a great historian but you know um you know, Jamaican music and producers, um, historically, you know, if if there is a strong rhythm, a strong version mm-hmm. that the people love, and I mean, they will grab all the hot artists at the times. I mean, this stuff went back to, you know, the 70s, easy. Mm-hmm. And they would just have people flip it over, you know, one rhythm. Take, for example, Ring the Alarm, the Stalag rhythm. That yeah. is one of the most... I mean, notor- not notorious, but um, just the most visible, like the most recognizable, you know, sound. Uh, that one in Bam Bam. Yes. Course. So th- think of it, uh, just for those who don't know. So basically, there's all these producers in Jamaica that put out beats. This was because what it is. It's, re- exactly. it's a rhythm. Rhythm spell R-I-D-D-I-M. And those come out, I mean, I don't know back then, but like even today, they come out every day. And then yeah. they name them after the craziest thing. You know, and so producer comes out with a beat and then a bunch of artists, local artists, I mean, people in Jamaica, yeah. big ones, you talk about Beanie Man, Sean Paul, all those guys come up and do a song on the beat and then they sell the 45 or the record with the same beat and the instrumental and all the songs. And if a, if a rhythm is very popular, you'll get like 15 songs on the same beat. Exactly. And that's where the DJ comes in because you're not going to play all three and a half minutes of that song, right. especially if the rhythm's hot and you got five, six smoking artists that like each track is kind of nice that the DJ comes in and just, you know, mixes accordingly, most likely bringing in the next track after the chorus and just keeping it, you know, just. You DJ just by like rhythm that. pretty yeah. much. So that, that's why just as an example, that's why uh, get busy. Sean Paul sounds like Lumity that, uh Oh, that, that song. So just to give an example, this is the same rhythm. It's Diwali. I think it's Diwali. Yeah. Yeah, the Diwali yeah, rhythm. Diwali, yeah, Diwali rhythm. Yeah. So um, like I said, they come out every day and you have to keep up with it. So did you, how did you do that back then? Well, I mean, luckily I worked at, at Waterloo Records. I mean. They had a, it, they had a section for I rhythms? I mean, they, they, you know, when I first got in there, uh, there was a guy by the name of uh, Double D, Don Davis, who, you know, just he was the reggae buyer. And then he, uh, one day, just was like, hey, you know, why don't you buy all the 45s, you know? And so I started just kind of doing that. Very small thing, you know. I mean, Mel was a a, a, a buyer, and there was, a, you know, a lot of buyers at Waterloo Records. But just this one little sliver of, of uh, actual, uh, you know, just 
music that was in the store was just kind of my little thing and it just helped me stay up with that plus you know the employee discount was nice you know <laughs> oh, yeah i i definitely i definitely miss that dude i mean uh, like i that was like a big part of like dj culture i mean it still is you know people buy stuff online and, and dig online but just going to a record store and just buying records like i, I just remember like you know, my stash at work, you know, where I, I would keep all my stuff that that, like that, your, I, that I wanted that I hadn't purchased oh, yet. Oh, you put them like in between another section? No, so no, no. We, we, get it? Yo, no. we pulled it aside and just had you kind of employee yeah, just hold. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, my mind was always massive, you know what I mean? And so I miss that. I, I definitely miss that. Just being able to like, you know, and you could, and I still do that, you know, but definitely not as much as I used to just digging and. Mm-hmm. And purchasing, you know, something, you know, and, yeah, yeah, and no then, doubt, and then playing it that night, you yeah. Know, so, yes, yeah, so, so then you move to, uh, so after Gallery Lombardi, and that's when we bring the alarm, and you know, that was, I mean, when I saw the strength of like the numbers, the people, I just knew that that this had to stay a lot longer than we had to do everything that we could to make this uh, just still live and breathe in Austin because. I mean, just people just came out for that. So, but, you know, Gallery Lombardi, I mean, there was, you could do little little things. Like, I think at that time, like, Red Stripe was, like, trying to get everybody drunk in Austin at that time. And <laughs> so we had, like, you know, 40 cases of Red Stripe. So, you know, we could say, because, you know, you can't really sell liquor at just kind of a kind of a, a vanilla space like that. You know, TABC yeah. will come by and just do whatever they do to make your party suck you know and so it was like cover and free beer so i mean we probably could have been you know have have a square dance or something and have free beer and people would have showed up but it wasn't the case it was ring the alarm and it was myself uh baby g and uh joflex joflex was around joflex was was one of the original and you know joflex was busy dude you know so he just kind of had to uh you know, just part off and 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 do his own thing. And Baby G and I uh, carried that torch for, I say, a good ten years. And then, um, you know, it is what it is today. But um, yeah, I mean, so back to back to the kind of like studying and doing that, like and and listening to what Baby G and them were doing. You know, I kind of, I I think, I think you were there the first time I DJed. Uh, uh, ring the uh, soul shakedown because it was like I remember Baby G was like, "Are you ready?" You know, and and following the likes of like Baby G and then this mother flout of Mel is is not an easy thing. I mean, whether you <laughs> want to think like, "Oh, I got it" or whatever, but following like the crowd going bananas and you know it's like, "Are you ready?" And I'm just like, "Fuck." Like, I don't How'd know. How'd you do? Do you remember? I mean, I just remember. I mean, I did all right. I mean, I just kind of had my little set planned, and I can't really say. I mean, I know the, the. I think Baby G left it to where there was this rhythm, the the belly ass that Capleton. Belly ass, belly ass, yeah, belly ass. Capleton and Beanie <laughs> Man, you know, Heights of uh, Great Man. Man. And uh, 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 not more fire, but what was Capleton soon got him drawing a blank because the microphone didn't. But, uh, um, Anyways, you know, they left that to me and that was it. I was kind of I was kind of hooked on it from there. You I mean, you know, it can be kind of like heroin like you see the crowd respond to what you're and doing. There, I mean, again, there there was nothing else like it. And the and the thing is 
people were hungry at the time for, like you said, branded events that, you know, you go out there and you're guaranteed a good time and everybody's dancing, everybody's moving, everybody's in a good mood. It's not right. one of those, you go you go there and you stand around and look pretty. Yeah. So those were really far far in between. And, you know, today we have the Body Rock. We have, you know, Rock the Cosmos still doing it. But um, I think at the time it was that. It was people from all walks of life, you know, coming to, to a party exactly. once a month. And then you're guaranteed to, you know. Yeah, to, you kind of knew what you knew what to expect, but it wasn't something like, oh, man, all right, I'm going to go to this bar and they're just going to, you know, pump out, you know, the new what everyone's was playing, whether yeah. it's radio or whatever. And I'm not going to diss DJs that do that, but I'm just saying like, it wasn't that kind of taste in your mouth. You know, you kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. you kind of knew what to expect from like a real positive place. You're like, I want that. Oh man. Where is, you know, let's do right. this. Mm -hmm. And it was also a different time. Right. I mean, it wasn't as saturated. So I mean, like Came into that. seriously, I mean, I just remember like the crowds back in the day, you know, at whether it was like, you know, ring the alarm or soul shakedown or, you know, um, um, root down, root down. Um, yeah. and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like the crowd was mad diverse, you know what I mean? Like everybody went there, you right. know, because there wasn't a million things going on in the town at the time. You yeah. Know? It's not like that now. It's, you know, it's completely so, different. So over the, over the years, I mean, it's changed, it's changed a lot. You got to move to different places, you know, Flamingo, uh, Parish, I think, was the best spot for uh, Ring the Alarm, man. Whew. Talk yeah. to this guy right here. Yeah, that <laughs> seriously, Ring the Alarm at the Parish was the best place. I, I mean, if if I could just bottle that up and just you know just drink that for the rest of my life, like, <laughs> I would be a happy man. Like, yes, I mean it. It it was nice. I mean, the Copa was. Was was uh, the was spot? <laughs> Copa was the spot, but it just was limited. Um, you know, fire marshals came in, and you know, really, I didn't know there was that problem. Yeah, fire marshal came in and really just cut down the capacity. And you know, I have my f conspiracy theories of why they keep kept showing up month in and month out. Uh, you know, to make sure that we were at capacity. Uh -huh. But uh, once you know, there was just a line of like. 100 150 people just sitting outside you know sometimes even 200 people just trying to get in to the copa i knew you know it was time for a change and you know the parish opened up their doors and i mean i would have never expected it to have gone off the way that it did in the parish i mean it was like i mean i thought the floor would drop out sometimes you know people <laughs> were, were really getting at down. the parish yeah yeah, the parish, yeah so. i remember that one time i brought jackie mm. and i brought my camera and this is when i was still shooting yes i was when i was like still the, the serious photographer and i remember it was like the first time i had been to the to the apparent to the parish event right i was like damn i mean i was bugging i was like Whoa, you know what I mean? Like it was. I like, still have those photos. They're actually really probably uh, the dopest photos that were ever really? taken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, I stumbled upon uh, a whole um, gallery on Flickr. Really, Ring the Alarm. I tagged you in it. You don't really check your Facebook anyway. Maybe, was it like the photos I took? I don't know. It, it was a bunch of them. It was the whole Flickr gallery of Ring the Alarm through the years. Oh, through and, the years. Okay, and I, I took. It, it wasn't like. I think it was uh it wasn't like one person taking all those pictures. Right, I right. think it was like a whole okay. a bunch of different yeah, people. Yeah. Like they were the ones when we did the the soccer one, you had to wear the, the soccer right. jersey from your from your country or whatever. Yeah, that was at the independent. Yeah. yeah. 
So I mean, it it was just uh, it was so so refreshing. So what what happened? You just get jaded. Well, or? I mean, uh, you know, I mean, uh, with the ring the alarm, I mean, you know, throughout the years, you know, I got my hands in in a handful of events, and you know, I would love to 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 speak about that a little bit. But you know, ring the alarm, like you know, just people evolve, people grow, and 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 Baby G, you know, had to to step away. You know, he was. Um, new challenges, new life, yeah. uh, all of that thing. And, you know, um, you develop such a, just a rapport, just a relationship, kind of an understanding. And, you know, I actually did not mind being kind of the sidekick to baby G. Mm-hmm. And we had just a great understanding of like, all right, baby G just murdered it with the soca set. So everyone was like at 160 BPM jumping, you know, just crazy. Mm-hmm. Now let's play some some culture hits, you know, let's do some things and then people could slow down and, you know, burn their lighters and, and just kind of chill. And then, you know, then, you know, we could hit them with some, you know, 90s dance hall and, or just whatever. We just had just such a a good understanding. And, um, you know, when, when, he, when he stepped away, I didn't mind filling his shoes which they were like ronald mcdonald like huge ass yeah, shoes to fill <laughs> but i didn't mind doing that that um it just it just never really just we never got on like just the same kind of energy and i'm not gonna say like oh you know, it was because this, that, or the third. It's just when you work with somebody for so long. Yeah, that's true. And that's Baby true. G was also, like, a mentor, inspiration. Like, you know, he would critique, you know, my DJing. Like, <laughs> yo, Dave, you don't have to mix everything. You know, you can drop it. You can this. And, you know, I was coming from a place of... You know, like I felt everything had to be like mixed and blended and, <laughs> and shit like that. Remember when when I used to live downtown and you and G would come by my house and we would practice. Yeah, we would practice cutting. It was, it was yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I mean, if him you could, like giving you giving you pointers. I think I was like cutting more eardrums and making them bleed. You know, you guys <laughs> were like, what the hell is this? God damn! But anyways, um, so yeah, so it just kind of was like that, and then. You know, when you keep shipping it to different spots, you know, even with social media now into the picture, I mean, it's it's hard to keep replicating that same energy. That's true. That's very true. Nobody follows up. And, you know, really, I'll have to say that when we moved it back to Copa, we got a, a new surge. Like, I think, what I don't remember, uh, 2009 or 10, yeah. we moved it back to Copa and we had a little surge. Like, mm-hmm. people were like, oh, shit, original home, love it. Where's Baby G tonight? Where's Baby G tonight? That's- oh, you know, he's, you know, he's been doing the school, you know, and I could only ride that for so long that I'm not saying that we couldn't necessarily do it, but... Those are the, the shoes, the, man. The shoes, well, <laughs> you know, I hate to even say anything without putting people on blast, but, you know... I actually really was very passionate about, especially the event, since it was kind of one of my own things. Yes, it was Baby G and myself, and Baby G put in a lot of work to 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 make Ring the Alarm good. But I was really passionate about the kind of the format and the music and the things that we were doing. And then, so if you know, say if I was DJing like classic rhythms, '90s, 2000s stuff, and then you pass it off, 
you don't expect to hear that same thing. You expect to hear maybe like some soca or you expect to hear some stuff. And it was just, that's where the uh, disparity was, you know, and the flow and the flow just wasn't there and people stopped coming to yeah. a degree. Yeah, it happens. That happens. happens. And I, I was, I've, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. Cause I mean, I, after a while, like I, it used to be, I used to call it church. Yes. I don't remember when I told yes, you that. You did. I used to call it church. Like every first Saturday of the month, that's where you can find me sweaty in the front. Fucking Jar Fikes used to call me off stage at Flamingo. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> yeah, yeah. To do the dances. I've, I've told that story many times, but, um, and, and over time it was kind of, um, because I've been along for so many years and I would, that's the way I liked it. Right. That's the way I wanted it. That's the way I expected it. I hear you. And then things change, which I mean, it, it, it's fine because, you know, yeah, a new crowd comes in. Maybe they they, they just found out they didn't know about it, how it was before, especially because they're moving, pla- they're moving places so many times. Yeah. So people that didn't necessarily hang on a certain side of town. Now it comes to this side where they hang out on a regular basis and then they find out about a reggae thing. Okay, I will check that out. But, uh, but I consider myself one of the originals. I want to say you definitely were. Whenever and, you didn't show up, I was like, "Where is this motherfucker? <laughs> Where does it do that? Yeah. When Bach doesn't show up, man, night yeah. sucks." Yeah, that's true. No. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the barometer. Yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> well, and then during during that time, you know, uh, you know, working at Waterloo, and you know, just kind of building this kind of relationship with. Mel, you know, Mel put put me on a, a lot of places, you know, like we talked about Tom Baleo, you know, you in the DJ'd, same thing. Yeah, you DJ with me at Nasty's for years. Yeah, you know, after Baby G, I mean, talking about some big shoes to fill there because Nasty's was, I mean, talk about church, you know, like that's where I felt like some real shit's going down in Austin that mm-hmm. you even, I mean, I hate to say to this day, unless it's like an actual kind of branded event you know yeah, it is. um 17 th- years or so you know that you're not even really gonna get what mel still provides you know and it's uh you know so tom Baleo, you know we well, what was it uh free 99 what was that up yeah, Con- yeah, yeah it was free 99 yeah man that was that was the love and uh you know tom Baleo, i mean that was what I loved about that spot was like it was a destination. Yeah. yeah. And nobody left. Railroad like, tracks. <laughs> yeah. Nobody left. It wasn't like, oh, okay, let's go down the street or something like that. I mean, there was now, no West Six. Right no. Was- yeah, actually. I think the no, only thing that was even in that area was like, was it Molotov? Molotov opened up and, you know, yeah. kind of, you know, and that's people's, you know, taste always like they, they would migrate to the new spot. But even at that time, I mean, Tom Baleo was going off for a good couple of years. I would yeah, say. yeah. So we did that. And then we did the the Crunky Oki thing. Oh, Crunky But Yoki. before we even talk about that, yeah. like, yeah, the DJ night was fun. We had, you know, like so, it's it was so much fun. Were you, yeah. were you I, I'm trying to remember if I've. I've probably been there, but I don't. It, it's kind of blurred right now. Well, now it's uh, I think uh, what the spring residential. It's, high like, rise. Yeah, it's, like, it's a, like a high rise, yeah. like a foundation to a. Oh, it's yeah. yeah. Tumbleo Apartments, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but did you did you guys book a bunch of artists there at the time, or? Yeah, so we, you know, like at the time, you know, we you know we knew a lot of people, so um, 
we had Diplo. We had the Holotronics guys there. We had yes. Diplo and Low Budget. That was nice. So that was like their first time in Texas, you know. And so this is Diplo, you know. I was, he's riding around in my GTI. Major Laser. Taking, yeah. him, taking him out to eat. And, you know, they were just, it was like their first time in Texas. And they wanted all things Texas. This is when Houston rap, you know, was just popping off, you Huge know. Huge Fader was plugging that. Yeah, UGK, you know, Paul Wall, Slim Thug, Mike no, Jones. No flip. You know, oh, yeah, a chame- flavor. I forgot about that guy. <laughs> yeah, like Chameleonaire. And- Chameleonaire. Yeah. So they were all about that. You know, they wanted to go to a record store. They wanted screw tapes and all that. And then we also had, you know, James Murphy from LCD Sound System, who's also a big deal. And I mean, but that was, I mean, if you think about that, I mean, how crazy that was. Like what LCD Sound System not only became, but like... I mean, I hate to say it, but they were almost like the the Bob Marley and the Wailers of the the hipster movement. Like the music that they were putting out, DFA records and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, it was really like, I mean, it it really. I don't know. I think a lot of people that was the foundation of a lot of of, mm-hmm. of new sound. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So just having you know those guys play you know at our night was was a pretty big. Well, to me now, gray, remember deal, Gray Boy? You know? Yeah, we also had Gray Boy. Yeah. yeah. So you know, this is ha- great because I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a you know he's he's a DJ from San Diego. Um, you know, he, producer too. Yeah, a- acid Gotta jazz dude. Now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we you know we had like you know uh, like these artists way like way before they popped off, and now like there's no way that you could you could pull that off now. You know, and so um, yeah, find, was, the ne- find the next dude who's gonna be yeah gonna be popping off five years yeah. from now. But um, yeah, that could be. <laughs> Anybody, yeah. <laughs> you know, nowadays the way the yeah. the way shit evolves. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was fun DJing there. You know, like we had a really good time playing there. And Actually, you know, the the interesting thing about that was uh, that's where Serato came in. Yes, that's, we went from vinyl to Serato, the f- in 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 that kind of time period. I think the first time I ever saw Serato is when the Holotronics guys were here. Mm, yeah, that was 04. Yeah, you know what I mean. So they traveled. I light. mean. Yeah, I remember like the guys at at Rain were trying really hard for me to switch over to that, and I was like, "No way, dude! I like records too much." And then, and then you realize how much you have to carry all the time. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and, and, then and then I and then I saw and then I saw you know Diplo, you know, and, and Mike or low budget, you know, um, and I on it. and I pretty much followed like what Mel did. Like I remember when he had the fifty four the Rain mixer, and then he got the. The 56, 56, and I was yeah. like, okay, well, I need to get a 56. And mm-hmm. then Mel got Serato, and I was like, well, cats are switching to Serato, so I need to figure this shit out, you know, and, and do that. But, man, I mean, going from four crates and turntables <laughs> and whatever. For real, dude, I do not miss that, dude. Like, I, I, I mean, I kind of do, like, having records, but just the lugging part. I think my back is like permanently damaged. Seriously, I'm serious, dude. I mean, having a big ass like, dolly like that was about the size of my car just to real. make that. Like I, you know, like if y'all know me, I'm a short dude. I think like if I ne- never DJed and carried all those records, I'd probably be a little taller right now. <laughs> He's like, I'm I'd, I'd be I'd six be like, foot. I'd, I'd be, be like slam dunking right <laughs> now. I'd be like Matumbo, dude. I mean, I'm serious, dude. Like shaking people like, up. For real, yeah, man. I mean <laughs> that's that, <funny. laughs> but that, but that was I was really an interesting transition because, you know, the one the one thing, you know, when it comes to to DJing, I mean, first of all, I'm, I just want to go back, like, you know, I just I kind of I really stumbled upon it because I I really started falling in 
in love with the guys that I mean, uh, whatever, uh, pause, whatever we got to say, if that's still in effect, but like Mel and baby G, like what they brought to it, uh, you know, knickknack, um, a lot of the God, what, 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 what were the Chicka George and all them guys called the Paracatachi? Yeah, and then the there was, what? There, yeah, yeah, he yeah. didn't he didn't bring that, but there was there was no, a crew there. Paracatachi. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah they, they had a crew back in the day that was it was, uh, it was all like, Star Sign, Chicka George, and then I think maybe Melodic, Melodic, and, and, and you know, DJ AM. I don't know. No, no, not, no, no, no. And not, then and then what's it? Was it wasn't John Engel in that in that? Crew? Yeah, he was part of it too. But yeah, they they, they had a crew, and it was like. It was all founded on. It was all like founded on like uh, like down tempo and yeah. and just different sounds. It was really cool. It was really fresh. What was fresh. the name of it again? Paracatachi. Yeah, Paracatachi. Ask and, Jeff about that. Yeah, Chicken George. He'll be like, "What? Yeah. Oh yeah." I so, about all right, you gotta listen back. I don't. I don't know if you brought it up. I had him on the show like last month, and we talked for two hours. I don't yeah, remember yeah. If, it, yeah. if you brought that up, but. Yeah. Paracatachi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might not have brought that up. It might have yeah, been like. And a, then we have to bring up Tots. Yes. Big up to Tots, you know, man, like my right. man, you know, he was killing it. Yeah. He was like extra nice on the cuts. Yeah, to me, he was really the kind of true turntablist that still party rocked it, though. Like it wasn't all just about going back and forth and and, yeah. and just sick cuts. Like he still had a, a, a party rocking element that he felt very strongly about. Yeah, now, now, now he's cutting ramen. Now he's cutting <laughs> ramen. He's killing it. Yes, and, man. And killing it. I mean, I went, uh, I went to high school with him. Uh, I went oh, to you did? Senior year of high school, we used to hang. We used to drive around West Campus with our windows down looking for uh, house parties at the time. Oh, nice. word. Yeah. Nice. And then he started DJing. I'm like, I got I to gotta keep up with this dude. Yeah, yeah. He, he was one of the first that I, that I met that That's liked crazy. the hip-hop that, that I liked. Is, that... I never knew that. I that... would have never made it's a, that. It's a small world, yeah. dude. Hey, this is Austin. It's a yeah. small high school. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. So, um, and and just kind of, you know, and just kind of with that, you know, you know, Mel... I just felt like, you know, after the, the, the soul shakedown, you know, kind of doing that, you know, DJing, I was like, okay, I kind of like that. And then, um, you know, at that time, you know, every bar kind of wanted to have a, a, a DJ. I remember Brown Bar, you know. Um, yeah, that's where I met Corrupt, I think. Yeah, I mean, he was, I think, uh, Jeff Strange was, was really holding it down. Yeah. He was opening the doors. He was opening the doors for people that, um, you know, uh just really loud, you know, people to kind of kind of do their own yeah, thing. Brown the Brown Bar, Bar was, was really was really dope and that still, I mean, that still was was the vinyl days and and going back to kind of what what you miss is uh you know, Serato was nice for logistics, mm-hmm. but uh you know, it was kind of a a a reassuring feeling that you had to play like what you brought. And so, if you had 200 records or whatever you were just pretty much playing that and you really got to hone in on your craft your music you knew what you were going to play that night you know if you're not really prepared with serato which i know a lot of djs go into their gigs kind of being prepared um i mean you get lost in that labyrinth of music it's just like i mean who needs fifty thousand, a hundred thousand tracks but a lot of people carry that weight with them myself included Mm -hmm. um that I mean, that was one of the beauty parts of just just playing with vinyl. Is you had to play with with what you had. So but that was a challenge in a way. Just uh, okay, I'm preparing for this joint, and I have to play with what I got. 
Yeah, you know, and 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 taking it back to like a kind of a working relationship. Like, I mean, for the for the most part, Mel carried most of the weight when it came to like really killing the crowd. You know, mm-hmm. like my my biggest enjoyment was when I was passing the baton and the crowd was kind of nice. The crowd <laughs> was moving, it was dancing, and whatever. And then you know, Mel just you know busted out his submachine gun and just started, you know, body bags, filling body bags, you know, and that's what, <laughs> and that's what, that was really, what was really dope about, you know, uh, uh, Tom Baleo. I mean, I, I know that a lot of people were, you know, kind of fixating on his, on his eighties mixing, um, at that time. Um, but I mean, nobody was really kind of doing it like that. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was a nice, nice kind of feel to do that. But, you know, then it, it kind of was like, Hey, I'm DJ Mel, master of uh, you know style of no style. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> master of all styles. That like, are you are you blushing yet? I'm I'm not doing. I'm, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not just uh, an '80s DJ. You know, like um, and and um, you know, as fun as Tom Paleo was, you know, it it kind of had its time. And um, but you were involved in other things while you're doing Ring the Alarm, weren't you? Well. While I was doing that, so kind of going back to the events, um, early on, um, you know, uh, I think I remember uh, Chicken George uh, bringing up like Scion events and yeah, certain things that, like that. At, well, at um, I remember uh, Nick Knack hit me up and was like, yo, these people out of L.A., um, there's a new car company from Toyota, Scion, they want to start getting into the culture, and Austin is kind of a... I wouldn't say like a flagship, but it's a kind of a good test market with, you know, the, the youth and the culture that was popping off. Mm-hmm. And so he, you know, he, he, he turned me on to them. I don't know. Nick probably get his lawyers on me and say, I probably owe him some money from those days. But, um, he turned me, he turned me, you know, he turned me on to these people that were like, Hey, you know, align this brand with, uh, events. And so at that time, you know, stuff from like, Tombaleo to uh, Free 99. I should stop saying just... Yeah. But um, uh, Free 99 and like Crunky Oki and, and Ring the Alarm. And then I had something else that was uh, called Root Down that, you know, straight up, I'll say that I, I jacked that. Not jacked it, but these guys were doing it out of L.A. Um, mm-hmm. And I really liked what they were doing. I know Mel DJed out there, so he knows uh, uh, the people that were behind it. I'm drawing a blank on the guys that were behind yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, that that was pretty much kind of like the beginning of the metro area, with, like the the metro period where they were sponsoring those metro events at the yeah. parish. Yeah, yeah. I remember Jazzy that. Jeff and Craze. And yeah, like, so what we were doing was the early seeding of that. And then... You know, once they took it up a notch, it became those. Yeah, and then um, and then I became a finalist of that um, mixtape competition, and then that's when they were like, "Hey, we want you to tour, you know, do our metros around the country." It was fun. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, who else was who? Who really got some big shine? Of Hall and Mason. I remember those. Yeah, guys yeah. Then that's how huge. I got. To, that's how I got to know those guys, yeah. and I, I became really good friends with them. Um, yeah, I forgot the name of you know there was uh, Frank One Five One in New York. You know, um, and then they put out that magazine, Frank, and then yeah, the Malbon yeah. Brothers. Right. They're the guys that kind of put all that together. Um, that's how I got to meet a lot of people, like, around the country. Um, that was definitely a springboard for a lot of things. So still at the time, I was I was still, you know, trying to do these events, still trying to, you know, plug the holes of culture where, where I felt was needed. And Sion 
pun intended, was a, was a great vehicle because you know there came a nice little yeah, little I check remember. with doing that, and they, give, uh, they, were, they were giving away free hats. <laughs> and among, among, yeah, among, all, among other, other things, things and, yeah. and, and and magazines, culture magazines that were tried <laughs> that were basically just uh, uh, a marketing you know tool. It for, worked. It, it it worked really well, and um, uh, I actually remember. Uh, Adrian, he may not remember this, Adrian from Grupo and, and Brownout, but uh, brought in um, Maceo from De La Soul. Yes. And, uh, and that was a that. nice event. And uh, who was is, who is running at that time? Uh, Philip Crowley at the at the parish. Um, yeah, yeah, Philip. I, re- I remember, I remember uh, was like, yo, you know, Adrian uh, was like, he was like, we got this side project that we're just doing um, – who else was out there? Stone Soul guy, Breakestra, you know, uh, that was doing just all like, you know, I funk soul, funk soul, like, you know, just the original joints. And Brownout was, you know, following in kind of that same, um, just kind of in those same footsteps. And we're just doing just like classic funk soul, you know, just being that kind of. And I was like, man, this that would be a perfect fit for Maceo. And I'll take credit for that. I remember putting that together and then from there like philip crowley was just like whoa brownout is nice because at that time grupo was just like everybody wanted a piece of grupo because they were just they were doing something that nobody was doing you know just that latin flavor just live just full 10 12 piece band everybody was eating it up i mean I don't remember a slow Grupo show at all. Never. That that <laughs> Never. was kind of like Brownout, you know, was like, well, we don't really know what this is. They played before Maceo at, it wasn't a Scion event. It was it was more myself attaching Scion to an event, which is what they wanted at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Go ahead, and, you, can, you can take the credit. Well, I mean, I like it because... <laughs> Because, you know, Grupo was just such a big thing that, uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard when you're trying to come out with a new project mm-hmm. and it's untested and that whole shit. And, and even at that time, you know, promoters, you know, people that were booking their venues, man, you know, they wanted nice numbers. They wanted good bar sales. They wanted people coming through the door. And once that came out, it was like Philip Crowley, which was a, a really good dude. I... I don't know where he's at nowadays. I hope he's doing good things. But, uh, yeah, he just kind of took them on, and he started, like, attaching them to, like, real big shows and then Brownout blew up. Yeah. Doing their thing. Let's talk about um, the DJ scene here. And I know I've brought that up to other DJs, but I wanted you guys to take on it. I'm sure you have a lot to, to say about that. How it's changed over the years, What's been uh, what's been happening. One thing I the only thing I've noticed really is like all these crews left and right just coming up. I mean Pretty Grossa, of course, uh Dawson Boogie crew, uh what's that other one? Uh Four Jacks. Um there's like maybe a good I don't know, six or seven. Yeah, um yeah, there seems to be like a you know a, a a significant amount of uh, a cruise in town. Um, I, I mean, I think it's good. Um, you know, I think about it all the time. You know, people always ask me what I think of, of the scene. And I think that, you know, um, I don't really think of it like, okay, well, I live here and I DJ here and da-da-da-da-da. I think of it like as a whole, 
And I think that, I mean, like Pelagrosa, they're doing well. You know what I mean? They're doing really good things, and it reps our city very well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It adds flavor to our town. Um, it just reps our town. Same with the other crews Some as well. Credibility too. I mean, because you know, I, I I I follow more like Odeon than like all the guys. But I mean, uh, Odeon. I mean that guy. I mean, talk about working hard. You know, yeah. like I. I mean. Whether it's you know just you know new new remixes, new new original music, new you know that I mean you know there's there's no, we don't have like fifteen DJs that are on the map you know like we have a handful, yeah. a couple that are, and then you have these crews that, for lack of better terms, that might you know really play to the strengths of you know these these. It's like when I would DJ with Mel or Baby G. Like, straight up, I will say that those guys were the ones that really, really brought it, even brought the people. Yeah. And I felt fortunate to be playing alongside of them, you know? Do you think it's getting saturated, though? Um, Especially when now the technology is easier, it's more accessible? I personally... I think it's just like that everywhere. I think that, you know, DJing is such a mainstream thing. I mean, I remember when I was... First starting to learn how to DJ, you know, I remember in my hometown, there was like three DJs. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. was it. So, like, imagine if you were that DJ in that town playing at the club and you were sick. I mean, who's going who's gonna to cover for you? Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's such a mainstream thing now. Like, I just remember, like, the first time, like, you know, someone telling me about how, like, I met this guy who was from Asia and he was a DJ. Like, he... He was a, just a total fanatic, you know. He just had every record. He had all the gear, and he would tell me how, like big, big, bigger DJs like in Asia, how they were treated. And I used to think, wow, that's amazing. Like they were treated like rock stars. You know what I mean? Not like maybe rock stars like now, right? But yeah. they were like, you know, they got paid well, and they got like maybe had a driver and whatever. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. You know what I mean? And but I think now it's like, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a mainstream thing. You know, and it's very popular. Um, it's it's definitely integrated into like any any event. You know what I mean? It could be a housewarming event. Right. It could be a grand opening of a store. It, I mean, it, it it's 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 definitely like you know um, integrated into popular culture now, and I think it's good. You know, but I, I think all I think now, like with that said, I think you have to work extra harder to stand out. You know what I mean? Because you just have to, you have to, you have like, and that's why I think Pelagrosa and, and, you know, and, and all the other crews and whatever, and then body rock as well. You know, like I think that they're, 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 they're packaging something and giving something to the people that, 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 you know, that's not like everything else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, um, it's kind of like restaurants, and maybe maybe I'm maybe this is kind of bad or whatever, like a bad example. Or man, I'm hungry. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. We haven't had Fridge dinner is yet. Empty, son. <laughs> you know, it's 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 kind of like you know, like there's McDonald's, you know, and and they serve all this stuff, and you can get anywhere else. And then you have like the the dope independent indie like foodie restaurant. You right. know what I mean? And they just come with it every time you go there. You know what I mean? But when it, it, but when it when it becomes, I'm just playing the devil's advocate here because I agree with what you're saying. But when it becomes a commodity, and you're trying to let's say DJ DJ whatever, you know he brings it, 
uh, and you pay him, he's asking like for, say, 500 bucks to play one night. And then there's DJ such and such. Who's like, well, shit, I can, I'll do it for a hundred. Well, here, yeah, the, here's this that's is the saturation. That's the, that, that's that's, 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 that's the mean. interesting thing. That's why I will not take, you know, like and that's the thing. Like I, I especially like all my 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 colleagues, like my fellow DJs that I know personally, uh-huh. like don't take less. You know what I mean? Like if you take less, even like just the new DJs, if you take less, that just sets the bar. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. That it it, it it justifies like the client or the club or the event coordinator or whatever. It it makes it okay for them to not pay much. You know what I mean? So like, I mean, I I get it all the time. You know what I mean? People like are expecting, you know, expecting me to like. They'll ask me or inquire about booking me, and then I give them my booking fee, okay? And they're like, oh, okay, well. I didn't know it was going to be that much, you know. Like, I guess we never. You know who I am? No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm just kidding. No, it's 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 nothing like that. I know. You know what I mean? It's just like you know, it's it's nothing like that. And then they'll come like, well, I guess what I guess, and like I I had like a a person approach me a while back, and they're like, and I I, they asked me for like, okay, well, how much is it going to be? And I and I and I gave them the amount, and they were like. Oh wow, you know, and then and then they're like, well, wait a minute, well, we haven't really booked a DJ of your caliber before. So I guess what they were, I guess what they were used to was like booking people that would accept less. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, I you know at least I have like you know the luxury of just walking away. You know what I mean, and I don't have to take the gig. It's mm-hmm. not like oh, I need the money. You know what right. I mean. But I like I strongly advise any DJ not to take less. You know what I mean. Like I definitely will not take less. You know what I mean? Is there like a running rate? No, for there, like a four-hour gig. Um, no, I mean I will can't. say this. I will say this. Like a hundred dollars an hour is like the minimum. You agree? Oh, uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, especially like you know, getting your feet wet, getting in there. I mean, uh, I mean I, that that's for like I, that's for an established dude. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, but. You know, like having that precedence, yes. I mean, I, I, I believe that is fair because, you know, one other thing is, uh, you know, as DJing has become more popular, it is, it is, they are who they are now. They are kind of looked at as a musician. Still, I think some people who don't really know, they kind of look at it as like, oh, well, don't you just play records? And yeah, don't but you see, that's just, the other you thing. Don't, you don't play an instrument yeah, or but- you're not, you know, they don't quite see the talent behind but it but they're but they're the minority now exactly they're the minority now you know what i mean like i you know i tell every dj like yeah you have to you, you should not go under a hundred dollars an hour you shouldn't because for many reasons and mm-hmm. like and like i forgot who told me this like gotta think about all the time and energy that you're putting into this gig it's not just the like four four or five hours that you're playing at the bar you know what i mean yep. mm-hmm. you're spending all this time Finding all this music, curating this music, you know, spending the money on this music, okay, spending all this time at home doing it, and then, and then loading up your car, okay, <laughs> driving there, okay, loading in, setting up your gear, then DJing, working yourself to being deaf, because you—that's what's going to happen. Straight up, you yeah. know what I mean. You're working yourself into being like deaf, dealing 
Dealing with people. Dealing with people, yeah, which is difficult. <laughs> He's shaking his which, head. which can be difficult at times. Yeah, of course. And then the loadout, okay? The loadout and then driving home mm-hmm. and like avoiding drunk drivers and then loading and then unloading that stuff into your crib. You know what I mean? I mean you have to itemize it like that, but you really have to show people everything that they're 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 getting beyond just kind of what you're going to do when you perform and it and it really has to be spelled out that way and I mean I agree with you man I mean that's you have to you have to hold firm on that I mean it's not just like some press buttons plug and play type of thing but I I kind of actually want to comment on like what you're talking about like you know the emergence of kind of crews and certain things like that and mm-hmm. you know what I see of value there, uh, whether good, bad, or indifferent, what what anybody thinks of these different crews, whether you know one likes one over the other, or right, right. I prefer this. But you know, nowadays, you know, there's there has to be kind of strength in numbers because of how you have to kind of get your word out. You know, so social media, those type of outlets. I mean, you know, there's a lot of noise out there. I mean, everybody's like, come see me, come to my this, come to whatever. That if you have a crew that may have anywhere from three to 10 people, well, I mean, you're just covering a lot more ground. That's true. That, you know, if, (laughs) if we hit... If we invite 10,000, 20,000 I mean, people, hopefully we'll get 500, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I totally agree. So Not only that, I mean, I mean, and it cover more ground physically. I remember for a while, like, Table Manners was everywhere. Right. Like, they were uh, Todd's, Harry, well, all those guys. Yeah. They were like, okay, well, on a Friday they were playing here, another one playing over yeah. there, another one playing over there, and everybody knows, oh, this is Table Manners' crew. Right. Right. And I think also, like, I think what, you know, the, the crews here in Austin, maybe I don't know what it would, you know, like I know of other crews in other cities, but here it's very genre specific. Right. Yeah. So it's like, especially with like Pelagrosa, like they, they kind of like hit the nail on the head. I yeah, mean, you did. know what I mean? They, they really did. Like we're in Texas, large Hispanic Latin community. You know what I mean? Um, Cumbia is like, you know, it's Huge. just a foundation music, dude. Like, it's you, it's, you know, you dude. Like, how can you not get bucked to cumbia music? Right. You know what I mean? I'm serious, dude. <laughs> Seriously, no, no, when no, I no. first, the minute, the minute you hear that, and you're like, oh shit, it's game over, man. I game remember over. it's going uh, down. What the spot is called? Uh, is it Empire Control Room? That's what it is. Yeah. But what was the original spot that was there? Like, yeah, I remember, it was it was like Creekside. Creekside. Yeah, I remember going to that, and I was like. Yo, Odeon, I'm not trying to compare what you guys did like to bring the alarm, but I was like, holy shit. Yeah, you yeah, said it. Yeah, they hit it on the head. I was like, yeah, so this is genius yeah, shit. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it is. I mean, yeah, it, it's very genre specific, the crews here. So that's I think that's that is like part of the reason why they're doing well. I think I think that's a big part of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, right. It's like the the music in the genre. It's not like, okay, it's five DJs, they're just playing whatever. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. true. That really helps. Yeah. If you have you know if you saying? have a brand and you say like, like Austin Boogie Crew is that uh, kind of Chicken George uh, has been helping uh, funk and disco? Yeah, yeah, boogie. yeah, Done. yeah. Dude, that's, not doing anything dude, else. That, that's my shit. Right. And, like I love that stuff. You know what I mean? So like it's awesome that there's a crew that they have like this this commonality, this love for this style of music, and they deliver it. Like, the same with Paula Gro- Grossa. They 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 all they all have like 
each of them have like strong personalities <laughs> and and they and they there's, all, there's 25 of them yeah yeah they yeah they form like voltron for sure you know and like and like they they have this strong they have this commonality they have this love for this music and and it all comes together at their parties yeah you know what i mean i like it's i think it's great for our city they rep our city hard they rep texas hard and I'm all about that, dude. What are you on here is a Reagan right now? Yeah. <laughs> I hope Seriously, so, man. You know I, mean, I mean, I've, I've, that's the way you have to look at it. I mean, I've, I said I've, it admired, I've admired him from uh, from afar. Like, I have mad respect for him. Tell you what, you know? I, uh, before I, I mean, I, I probably said that before. But anyway, Orion went to college, and we used to, he was the first guy I met who knew what dance hall was. And he used Crazy. to play in the driveway of uh, this friend we had back then. And used to play dance hall, and that's how we connected. Yeah, I mean, I before like, I even no, I, th- I think maybe I already knew about Ring the Alarm, but that was like one of the first guys I, I knew, I met who knew what uh, dance hall was. Yeah, and I, I was like, that's it. I got to fuck with I, this guy for years. Yeah, I knew uh, I knew of, uh, of him because he uh, went to middle school with uh, my old girlfriend that I dated for years. So like, so she knew him way before he was ever DJ. That's so crazy. <laughs> it's pretty nice. crazy. So it's a, it's a, it's a really small world, but yeah, I think that. There's a lot of great things going on. But, yeah, there's also, like, an oversaturation of DJs because, like, everyone is, like, trying to be a DJ or everyone's trying to kind of find their lane. and But at the same time, it's, like, it's almost, like, it's really hard to stand out now because they're all, like, because to kind of get over, you kind of have to play the same shit. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it, I think because there's so many of them coming up, I mean, Austin is still growing. I mean, you see cranes everywhere. There's bars opening and closing left and right. Like, I remember a time when there was no DJs on Rainy Street. Right. None. I remember the f- when there were no DJs on 6th Street. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, no, straight up. Really? Oh, yeah. On the real, dude. Like, yeah. no DJs. Well, I mean, I've been to bars when they had Winamp on the computer. I've been damn. to that. Yes, I remember that. Uh, Agave was doing that yeah. at the time. But, but And then DJs started coming up, and, and bars are like, holy shit, we have to... You have to get a DJ here because otherwise this is just a house party. And we can't have the bartender like click on the mouse and or have a playlist. You can't have a song next. play and then there's a little space before exactly. the next track plays. Yeah. Exactly. And- right. So um, there is a crowd coming in and a lot of people moving in and everything. So bars have to adapt and be like, okay, we need to bring some music this way. Uh, but I think that having all these having all these crews kind of setting the the tone for what's happening around town going okay well if i associate my if i'm a new dj in town and i go and check out you know uh table manners at plush or i go check out uh pity grossa or whatever and you get to know those guys and trying to infiltrate that way i think it's uh just like you did with Marilyn and baby g i think is a more productive productive way and a better way to Kind of get into the scene and just yeah, say, yeah, yeah. "I'm gonna jump in there." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's easier entry to align yourself with something like yeah, that. Yeah, but I think at the same time, it's it's a little hard, man. You know what I mean? I mean, if you like, if you can get on, I'm not saying yeah, like, "Oh, you're just hungry and please put me on." But no, I'm no. just saying if they go like, "Damn, this this kid comes with it." Yeah, we would love for you to be a part of whatever we're like, doing. Like, like, like Eddie, like like Chorizo, like Chorizo's yeah. part of like, like five crews. No, yeah, 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 yeah. He's part of five crews, but he was kind of just doing his own thing for a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, true. like, he found his lane. He did his thing. He got noticed doing his thing. 
Yeah, that's you know true. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he true. didn't have to, like, align. He doesn't need to be in Pelagrosa or these other crews. He's good on his own. Straight you know up. what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And that's not taken away from any of those crews. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying. Like, you know, for me, like, like, I have my own lane. You know what I mean? And I say that I'm not trying to be Pelagrosa. I'm not trying to be Table Manners. I'm not trying to be the Austin Boogie crew. I'm just me. I'm I'm Mel, and I have my lane, and I just stay there, and I just do my thing, and I mean, if it. you ask me, you're kind of a combination of all that shit. I mean, the true, like, being able to, like, master and play all genres, I mean, yeah, I hate well, to say yeah, it. I well, mean, no, whatever. I mean, you're sitting here, and you're not going to be able to, to, to you know, take that uh, type of, uh, you know, compliment per se, but, I mean, yeah, I mean... I mean, you matched down. I mean, anything you took. I mean, back in your days with Six Two Six Soul, I remember one time. I wasn't the, a and I wasn't a DJ. Yeah, crew. with with uh, uh, what was your your? We went to Houston and you yeah that that kind of girlfriend, not not your girlfriend, but that that Shelly. Yeah, and then she uh had these drum and bass records, and it was just kind of whatever, and I. Fucking heard this guy like DJ some drum and bass yeah, records never, like out never, of the blue. I'm like, what the hell? And then I'm like, damn, I can't fuck with this guy. I can't do this. Funny side story about that. Like we we like he went with me to Houston. It was like around Christmas time. It was like Christmas 2001. Okay, yeah. This is when this dude had a beard, dude, and dreads, and dreads. And like this was like <laughs> right. This was right after 9/11. Yeah, you know man. what I mean. So you know we we you know we did the shopping thing we we hung out we had a good time in Houston and we had to go meet up with um, Shelly's uh, dad and like uh, stepbrother Straight at this up. bar so we walk into the bar okay mm-hmm. and Dave has the dreads and shit you know what I mean and the beard and the first thing Shelly's brother stepbrother says was like what does he say Bin Laden or like Al Qaeda yeah man I was laughing I dude was I was like yeah like, look at this <laughs> like me. look at this dude he's like. like Push this button right here, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, I mean that, and you know that's that is. But a I, but sad like, story. but to, to kind of like just like in that subject is that I think if you if you're dope and you're good and and you're true, people are gonna see that. It's like it's it's, it's a whole like cream rises to the top thing. It is. It like is, if it you is. if you if you're dope and you just kind of you just keep grinding and, and people are gonna notice after a while and and you'll have your lane and. And then all the fruits of of your labor will come to you. You know what I mean? You know. So yeah, I like. I mean, and like Eddie is a very good example. Yeah. Of that. That's true. Yes, sir. And I had Eddie on the show a few weeks ago. So yeah, go man. back and check that out. Uh, so kind of that's a good segue because now that all these DJs are coming up, all these crews are forming, and you know, when people, I don't know if that happens a lot. DJs are undercutting each other and all that stuff. Yeah, it's competitive. But it's, competitive. It's, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So now there is this move, and you've done that to the the private events and corporate gigs and weddings. Same here. Yeah. So there's not this okay. I gotta be out there every Saturday or every Friday and have resident have a residency because after a while, either you get like tired of it, the, you know, kind of doing the same thing over and over again. Well, so, so what, what 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 was your move? What, how did your move happen? Well, I mean. My move, you know, came, you know, a couple different different directions. Like I I I also wanted to, you know, beyond kind of making a, a lifestyle change, you know, I mean one thing I really, really loved about DJing was the wine women and song that kinda came along with it. You know, I wasn't like a wolf out there praying, but you know, um 
I'm sure. I have my fun. I'm, you know, juggling, you know, all those times were fun, but also, you know, drinking bartenders are, you know, nice. Most people are getting, you know, their great goose and sodas in little, little eight ounce cups. I'm getting mine in pint glasses, you know, <laughs> 80%, you yeah, know, great goose. And, you know, just love that shit. You know, now I, I respected like what I was doing and I would, you know, wait till my shift was over per se, you know, like whenever say Tom Baleo, you know, was, was, those are some fun, fun moments on all kinds of levels, but I would at least wait until like I would pass it off to Mel. And then I'm like, all right, debauchery begins now. Let me start ordering all my drinks. And so, you know, if you think about those are like 2003, four, you know, I mean, I've officially stopped kind of DJing per se. I mean, luckily, Mel still invites me out to Nasties and I can, you know, embarrass myself as much as, you know, I can in in an hour. But, um, I mean, that's like, I don't know, 2013, just recently, like this year, I kind of had to step away from Ring the Alarm. Mm -hmm. That I'm like, that's a fucking... 10 years of just kind of like drinking, drinking and, and just doing that type of shit that. And yeah. And we were talking about that on the yeah. way up here. Like drinking is a big part of DJ culture Straight for up. a lot of DJs. And we were talking and I was we were talking about how some DJs really can't function if they're not drinking. You know what I mean? Like I like I had someone ask me like, wow, Mel, I, it's really amazing that, you know, in the field that you're in that you don't drink. And I'm like. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy, you know. And I, and I definitely credit that to like my longevity in DJing. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't need that. I don't need to drink or whatever. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's like teach their own. But before even DJing, I was just never into drinking. I don't this know what it was. Public service announcement from <laughs> DJ Mel no, no, Yeah, Topo Chico uh, definitely <laughs> made, uh, paid me to say that. Yes, but sir. No, no, but 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 for real, like drinking, by the way, we're all drinking that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like you know, there's a D, you know, like there's DJs like they play better when they're under the influence. Yeah, you know I mean, I, mean uh, I wouldn't necessarily say. You know, it's funny because. For many years, like like I said, I kind of respected what I was doing, um, uh, and I would at least wait. But you know, it ring the alarm, I guess, because it felt like home. It felt like like I could do this, and and then the it's way church, let's drink. Yeah, baby, baby <laughs> G and I, we would pass it off like throughout the night. It wasn't like okay, shift one, you know, Jamaidi. Yeah, twelve, uh, ten is to twelve, done. and then and now you know, baby G's doing it or whatever. It was kind of like thirty forty five. If you were really killing it, maybe an hour, and we would just pass it along. So you know, maybe by by my last set, you know, there was more people in the crowd. I guess I could say because uh, you know, you've seen double, you've seen double <laughs> or something. But you know, that was probably the only time I would really you know cut loose on that because. We had a formula. We had a, th- a way of doing things that I could kind of rely, fall back on that. But for me, making the transition, like you're saying, you know, it wasn't just an immediate jump into that world. Like mm-hmm. I avoided that for many, 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 many years for all kinds of reasons. I mean, like so. T- so take a wedding. You know, I mean, 
two people coming together to show their love for one another. It's very special, very, you know, I mean, there's a lot of money being spent, a lot of family, a lot of things converging on that day that, you know, not from a musical standpoint did I think like, oh, you know, I I didn't want to be the, the sore spot on the night. Like, oh, man, the DJ sucked. We didn't dance. I mean, you know, of course there might be that kind of concern about it, but it just seemed like there was a lot more pressure you know like yeah, a lot yeah. more like it needs to be this because it's be perfect you know some, gonna hate you. <laughs> yeah i mean like people spend a ton of money and they you know the the pageantry and everything that goes behind it which i believe is welcome however people want to celebrate that day but man i mean the focus is on the dance party like whether the wedding was good bad or indifferent it had nothing to do with the vows the ceremony the food it's part of that but man i mean really people are like we just want to dance we just want like really the value i'll say at least 50 to 60 percent of the value and the takeaway from one of those days is whether or not Everybody had a good time, and that doesn't mean, like, drinking and socializing. It means, like, did we all dance? Did yeah, we all yeah. have a great yeah, time? Yeah, that, that seems to be the focus when people, like, book me. You know, like, you know, like, I think the folks that book me, I mean, of course I know them, but they don't want the traditional wedding DJ. They're like, okay, we want you to do, you know, the dances with, you know, with our parents and all that, but after that, we want you to do what you do. Really? And, they yeah. tell you that? Yeah. Oh, they, yeah. yeah, yeah. This, this, oh, dude, I have the wedding set dialed. So dialed. dialed. It's can, like can you it, make it a mix and you just act like you're doing something? <laughs> no, 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 no. I have it. I have it, but it's it, it's cool because it's like you know it it's they def, music is very important to like the people that book. Of course, me, you yeah. know what I mean. But they don't want like you know the, you know the chicken dance and all. They want they they're like we want you to do what you do and whatever. But I have like you know I have this set dialed into where it's like yeah it's it's for like every group at the wedding. Every group in the, at the wedding is pleased. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? The but, kids get their dance. Well, and you make sure you just include everybody. And, and you know, uh, when I first jumped into it, which was just this year, um, doing stuff like that. I mean, you know, some of the the, the gigs that, that Mel actually hooks me up with and um, – you know, some of those, you still have the freedom to kind of do your own thing. Like, he, he got me something really nice for South By, and I was like, great. You know, it wasn't really, like, something I had to, like, uh, you know, program to, like, make sure I was touching all these different, you know, ages and groups and family members or certain things like that. I could still kind of do. So sometimes the, the private events, you can kind of tuck into a corner and just kind of do your thing. But with the weddings, you're certainly more front-facing. You're dealing with... All age groups, you're dealing with, you know, cousins and family from Arkansas and you're dealing with some coming in from New York and you're dealing with all all kinds of things that, you know, speaking with Mel, I was like, when I first got into this, I was like, man, I just, I knew, I knew that this was not a space that I was comfortable in doing. And now you're talking, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more comfortable. It's still, it's still a work in progress. I like it, but you know, with his, you know, Mel, Shared his formula for a thousand bucks. I think I paid you. I said no, but he he, he shared <laughs> no, his formula, no. and it and it and it really kind of made sense because uh, there is such a diverse range. Like, yes, you want to party rocket and 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 make everyone feel included, but also you know you have to make sure everybody's included and and not just be blinded into like, okay, here's what I excel in. I'm good at funk, soul, hip hop. And this. You're that's, good at reggae. 
And and I'm and I'm good at I'm good at you're good at a lot of things, but I, okay, but I so can't play any of that. Shit. You know, if you, you dub, if you dub, if you ever have to dub some dance hall? I mean, I mean, I, I, have you tried? I don't. I mean, maybe uh, murder she wrote. You know, possibly. Oh. But uh, I mean, come on. I mean, my, uh, my, my wedding. Nobody knows. Man, elephant man. There no. you go. <laughs> Book me for whenever that happens. No, but it's like you know, nobody Are you be around in ten years. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> shit. I mean, damn. Uh, that's one reason why. Back to the subject of just kind of walking away was like there was a lot of like personal growth that was like you know what I'm as much as I respected like say the path that that baby g chose you know um i mean wholeheartedly that was that was his calling and that's the way he wanted to go i mean he is a wonderful man father um husband all of that you know and he's still a good dj he's still djs um and then i look at the path that mel and it would take probably a whole another segment for me to like kind of really from my view of of how mel when I first met him mm-hmm. to, you know, from 626 Soul to now and how organic, you know, that path was, you know, back to his original statement of going, like, if you start out seeking, like, I want to be Avicii, sorry, homie, if I'm oh, yeah, putting just, you on or, blast. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, sure. if you do that, I mean, the odds are you're setting yourself up for disappointment as well as you're missing out so much of the beauty of the craft of yeah just, yeah the, of the, like the, the process and learning you know you know and and all the music you know if like you're like yo i'm set to do th- i want to do this remix to get put it on soundcloud and hopefully get you know three hundred thousand plays and then now i'm the next you know uh Ky- Harris. kygo or something <laughs> yeah, or yeah, this you're obscure just, yeah. kind of person which i love your shit too homie kygo i love all your remixes but i'm just saying like um if you kind of set out to do that, I mean, odds are, first of all, not in your favor, you know, to really make it to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like hitting the lottery. I mean, really, yeah, it is. You know what I mean? Let me, really. let, let me go back to the to the whole wedding thing. Okay. So I'm, I'm kind of curious how it works. Like, I went online and looked up, like, what are the questions you need to ask your wedding DJ right. and all that stuff, right? So you you're have, at this point, you have your own formula, which is based on what Mel taught you? Well it's it's a formula that can that can work, but it's not always going to to, to work, but it's a good foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do they they give you a playlist that say, hey, I, you gotta play the there, Macarena. There are you some people drop the wobble a couple times. Yeah, I mean there are some people that really know what they want. They some people are like, hey look, I mean we may not like all this music, but we have a ton of family coming in, so you know, you got to play some of that stuff, like uh, the Cupid Shuffle, the Wobble, and you got to get everybody included because yeah. these are things that people know. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Like, like you know, your 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 elitist music taste, you have to throw that out the window, out the door, when you play weddings. I mean, because it's all about them. Right. You have to you have to realize like the the gravity of the situation. You know what I mean? This is not like you go into the club and, okay, I'm not going to play the wobble because that's a corny song. And to me, you know, you know I mean, I, I kind of embrace that. Like, it is, I mean, it needs to be that. Like, not only the money that you get paid, but I don't know. I mean, somebody's really entrusting you to kind of really put that exclamation point on the, their biggest day. I mean, hopefully it only happens once. I mean, odds are with the rates, you know, that, <laughs> that it's not. <laughs> that's, that's, but that's another thing. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, you know, 
that it's it is really really important you know yeah people might sit down and go hey i had a great meal but they're like god damn we had a great time you know because the dj just killed it yeah you know? i mean it's probably just i mean it's probably more important than the food seriously yeah i can see that but what is uh you have to come up with a i don't want to say shtick but like a thing that you do because you have to i mean from what i've seen you know, DJ got to also sometimes got to host, got to be on the mic, got to like, tell jokes, got to... A hundred percent, that's what they're being be, hired for, too, is to be that host. Be MC. God, I now, never do that. You don't do that? Well, no, I, mean, I mean... I make a few announcements like, yo, what, like... Are hey, you hey. having a good time? No, I don't even, I don't even do <laughs> no. that. I mean, I make a couple announcements and that's it, you know, so... Yeah, I mean, uh, you know... I don't have a, a set formula, you know. That's one of the things. The front facing <laughs> side is is the one thing that I really kind I, of. I bet you. I bet you've got just the mic game down now. I mean, you know, the, actually, the from lingo. from the right, from the, the, the crunkyoki days, being like that person, I just kind of. I don't I have no like I know what needs to be said. Like I need to say, okay, now it's time for the father daughter dance. But I don't like have like okay, I'm going to say this one thing for this couple. Really, if if I engage the couple a, a few times before the actual event, well then, man, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna embrace that a little bit more like family, you know, like, and I'm gonna actually kind of, I mean, I I've been commented you know um, positively on like kind of my banter per se, like being able to 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 crack a joke to lighten the mood, but none of that none of that shit is planned. Like yeah, I just I just kind of freestyle it knowing what yeah. I kinda of have to do. There's a little exercise. Just like announce announce uh I don't know. <laughs> you I'm, put them on the spot. Yeah of course I am. And now the starting lineup for your <laughs> bridal party. No. I, I actually I, I actually <laughs> Yeah, gentlemen. you know, and I bust on the Chicago Let's Bulls like, but I mean, I like I said, I I, I mean, I I really don't, uh, you know, I've gone onto YouTube and I've seen some really crazy stuff of like some people that I know that are getting paid some G's, you know, to really make this stuff happen, and I've seen. You know, a guy start off where I was like, "Holy shit, I could never be this guy is bow tie Bob, the wedding DJ, whatever." And pull three, four hundred people onto like a, you know, these things are like set up to where if they're really big, there's like Tons of tables, space. tables set up everywhere. And there's just a big designated dance floor that looks big and scary and whatever to start that going. And I saw this one guy. I mean, who knows where he's from? Idaho or some shit, you know, and the way I saw him get everybody onto the dance floor Whatever he first of all, he didn't even play a, a track. This is obviously something that he has mastered and set up. You just and, talking? Well, yeah. I mean, he the way he got people to stand up and you know, kind of pull everybody like 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 all right, grab hands type of shit, and like pulled everybody onto the dance floor, and everybody was like, just happy laughing, and then he's like, all right, everybody face me. And then he was like, now put your arms around the person's shoulder and da-da-da, you know, whatever. And then he was like, okay, start rocking back and forth. And everybody was like bugging out. They were all laughing. And the dude plays like Cab Calloway, like (laughs) Heidi Ho or something. And it was like bananas, you know. Everybody was like, Heidi, Heidi, Heidi. I was just like, it's the most amazing thing I ever saw. That I don't know if I'll ever become that <laughs> person, but you know, if you're doing like the scale of events I do, you know, um, 
I'm pretty small, pretty intimate. You I know? got divorced, just went down. <laughs> you know, like pretty small, pretty intimate. Pretty small. You know? Yeah, I'm a we, I'm a professional we, DJ. We smoothed it out, but <laughs> no, but you know, if I got up into the three four hundred, you know, people weddings and stuff like that, you have to have a gimmick. You have to have like a character that you fall into. Do you, do you ever uh, um, get crazy song requests? I mean, you know, but you gotta. Again, this for is the, their for, big but, day. You know, I for, was, the, for the most part, like I had a, I, I had an event this last Saturday, and their tastes were super obscure. You know, they were like, you know, so I mean, I catered to it, but I mean, you know, one one advice I gave couples is don't give DJs music that you want them to play, and then you don't dance to it. So please, if you're listening to this. Give your DJ music that you will at least you yourself dance to. Like that's, you know, so and then from there, you're kind of fishing and trying to figure out what people are into and, you know, that type of things. But, you know, there's some people that are really, you know, they're knowledgeable about music and they really give you a good, uh, you know, just a good list to really work from. You ever been in a situation where nobody was dancing and you have to pick it back up? Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this last night where... Um, like I'll play a wedding and it'll just be ape shit. You know what I mean? It's just a raging party. Mm-hmm. And then a person who attended that wedding or like, Oh my God, we got to have this guy for our wedding when we get married. So like six months later, they're like, Hey, you know what? We're about to get married. We want you to basically replicate that. And like they have every intention of the wedding being like that, but it never turns out that way. And there's so many other factors. Like so many. It could be a beautiful venue and the outdoor area is gorgeous. So everyone just kind of gravitates to the outdoor area. Mm-hmm. It could be a many things. It could just, just be like a, 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 not even a dancing crowd. You know what I mean? Like the wedding that was raging, there was a lot of young people and they were getting faded. And then the next wedding, like maybe there was like maybe 40% young people, 60% older. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? There's just so many factors. Like, you could just come out, come out the gate with. You could drop, throw every trick in the book, trying to get them to go off to dance, and it might not work. Pay that's back just that the, ass up. That, that that's that's just the way it works. You know, it it it's kind of like hit or yeah, miss. Yeah, and that's and those are you know those are some things I'm learning. But you know how how I even you know really got into that was, um, you know, I think it was a conversation uh, I had with you, Mel. Was like looking at DJing as an actual craft, as like an art, as a trade. And, you know, it was a skill set that I had developed and at that time really wasn't doing much with it except for maybe the occasional ring the alarm or certain things like that. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, really from a financial standpoint and having that skill, it was kind of a a no-brainer, you know, to really get in get into that to that world for me mm-hmm. and you know there's there's a lot of things like i really don't drink there i'm like these people are paying me good money i'm not gonna <laughs> be yeah, hitting the bar everything like that and so there's that plus you know worst case scenario you're done at 11 p.m yeah that's I mean, the best that's part just, that's just love you're, you're, you know you're getting home, paid two three maybe four times what you would get on a saturday night and you're home before people are like just getting to the bar yeah, that's that's yeah, the best I, I, part. I didn't think of it that way. That's yeah. the best part with like you know, with with corporate events as well. Yeah. You know, you, you you kind of like you wrap it up in your home by midnight. Wrap it up, B. All right, all right, cool. So uh, let's see what else I had on my thing. Um, yeah, so you're still doing 
nasties. Of course. Still doing strong. Well, I mean, we we're talking about like going away from doing regular stuff, you know, doing way. I mean, and I, you're, you're, I, I, I get it. Like, it's really hard to do a weekly. Yeah. I think that I think that is like impossible. You know what I mean? You've been doing it. No. Well, I mean, I, I yeah, I do it because I, it's it's like force a habit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just something that I do. I have to do it. But I think, like nowadays, I think it's it's really hard to come off with like pull off a weekly, and it be successful and and, and for and for it to continue for a long period of time. Yeah, for it to have longevity, it had to have had to start like when, five, yeah. six, seven, eight years. I mean, really, like the no, anybody true, that's that's doing right. it like that. I mean, it had to have started. I, I always tell people the the the. The best stuff out there, like if you plan on going out and you have kids now or you got a job, you can't be out every weekend, it's planned for those, you know, big ones that don't happen often. Right. But there's only a few that are weekly. I think Nasty's might be the only one that's weekly and like because it's been around for so long and that's still really like. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, actually, no, I'll say Volstead too. Vosted on Saturdays with uh, with Ordeon, I think it's been pretty consistent. Okay, right on. It's about the only two I can think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, oh, sorry, Vos- uh, yeah, Vosted. Okay, and, yeah, yeah. And absolutely. Table Manners on Saturdays yeah. too. I'm trying to think. Right. Yeah, maybe yeah. That's, that's about it. It's it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to maintain that enthusiasm week after week. You know. Um, it, because it, after a while, it becomes a job. Well, you know and it, I mean? well, it really and does. It, it's it, it's both sides, you know. Like maintain that enthusiasm from DJ perspective, but also the people that are attending. You know, it's like you have to have a core audience that continues to come out, and then you continue to build from that. You mm-hmm. know, like like say Ring the Alarm was a monthly, so a monthly is a little bit easier. But you have that core hundred fifty, two hundred, and then all of a sudden. 10 more people show up a month and this and that, you know, it's like, if you don't have that for a weekly, you know, it's not, yeah, and, you, and you have to, and you have to, and you have to deliver a, a consistent product. Straight you know up. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, up. you know, like, you know, there's a lot of times when like nasty's is slow, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, okay, well I'm mad because it, there's not 500 people in there anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I keep it a hundred if there's like if it's packed or if there's like a small crowd, you know what I mean? Straight up. Because like you that's, just that's just the way it should be. You know what I mean? And I and that's the, the advice I would give to any DJ out there is like keep it a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like if it's packed, then good, man. You got a crowd to feed off of. If there's thirty, forty people, whatever, like fifty or whatever, you gotta keep it at a hundred as well because you know, you you just don't want it like I remember someone telling me like like a story where, you know, um, they came into they came into town, and like they were from like L.A. or New York, a major city, and they came to Austin. And they're like, "Yo, let's check out what the DJ scene is like." You know, like what's what it's like. This was years ago, mm-hmm. and they went out and they were disappointed. I don't know who they checked out. I mean, I don't know who it was. Maybe it could have been me. I don't know, but it's I don't probably w- me. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was me. Yeah. Whatever. But that's the way you need to look at it. Like. You just gotta keep it a hundred. You never know who's gonna be there. You gotta keep it a hundred because, you like, you know, like someone from out of town could be there, and they're like, "Okay, let's see what Austin's all about." Mm-hmm. And if you don't like come with it, they're like, "Whoa, what this? Well, so Austin's how, wax, son." You know, how's the uh, how's Nasty's been doing? Pretty good, then. 
Yeah, yeah. Dude, considering like it's, you know, like 17 years, like, yeah, it's good as it it could possibly be. It can't be like over the top raging. Nothing's going to be. Yeah, of course. Nothing's forever, you know? So it's like. You know, like it comes and goes. It you know, you know, there's peaks and there's valleys and all well, that kind of let, stuff. Let me, let me ask you this. Um, I mean, I don't go there on a regular basis. I I wait it's for hard, a while. Yeah, yeah I, go, I wait for a while. And I'm like, damn, I miss it, and I go check it out. Right. And then, and you know me, I don't care if it's five people or five hundred people. If the music is good, I'm I'm there. Um, but have you had to adapt your format based on what's been coming out? Or no? Yeah, I mean, like, 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 my tastes change all the time, all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love, I love real hip hop. I love golden era hip hop. I love boogie. I love disco. You love Iggy Azalea. You know, <laughs> there's a there's a time and place for that. You know what exactly. I mean? I can't, I can't yeah. even, I can't even be mad at that. I mean, like, why spend all that energy being mad? At at her or you know what I mean? And, and well, think we, about it, and think about it. That's an entirely different show. There's always that backlash with a white rapper. I mean, Every time, dog. Like, why is this new? Up. Why? Why is this even new? And female. I mean, why? Why? Why is everyone surprised? You know what I mean? Like, ooh, like when Eminem came out, people were bugging. Vanilla Ice. That was the biggest, ba- biggest backlash ever. You know what I mean? Straight up. The, now I will MC say search. this. No, 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 no. The only that, yeah. The only time there wasn't really any backlash, I don't think. Was third base? Yeah, yeah. Pete. No, <laughs> yeah, that was my man right there. Because you um, can see the authenticity. It's kind of like you know, it, people real recognizes real. You know, so yeah, you know, like I mean, yeah. actually, you know, you know, would be an interesting uh, kind of, I wouldn't say a documentary topic, but the evolution of like hip hop through nasties. Like, if you really think, like, what was played in the beginning uh-huh. all the way to, like, what people got down to, you know, like, and, like, like main source and gangsta, yeah, like, people would yeah, bug like, for that stuff. And then now, I mean, I hate to say it, I mean, unless the, the audience is kind of right, but that's kind of, like, your early warm-up set. Like, what we would do at Ring the Alarm, we play, like early rock steady early stuff that like yeah i mean we, we can't really drop that in the peak hour because people would be like why are you playing this 30 year old yeah music, i do me yeah, i do me early i mean i can indulge you know you know and, and like do me early you know and, and like i think that's like probably one of like it could be possibly the, the the my most favorite part of the evening is when i get to do myself yes and sure. play uh, you and, know you should do that too um when inverse was at union park he had the the boom boom room Right inside, the first hour it was straight up inverse on best R and B you'll hear. I'll come from ten to eleven, and then after that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. You know, like I mean, I I did me last night. Like I played the Boogie Monsters. Crazy. I played. I played. Uh, what was it? Respiration with with most deaf and, yeah. and and you know and like I was just playing stuff like that. I was doing me, and then yeah, of course later on. Like I mean, I mean, I I like the stuff that I played later on. I played hood shit, you know. Yeah, what I, mean? I mean, I love that stuff. I mean, like years ago, I was like, I was like, eh, I don't know, you know, like I like it, but I don't. No, think but I was... you remember that one time, bro? We uh, we had the flyer. Like, yeah, this yeah. Is him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We well, actually, we we we. Mel, Mel and I tried to make a stance on the, all, you know, all the crunk shit for the most part that was coming out because that's all what anybody would respond to. Yeah, and we 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 made a pretty dope. But you flyer. know, it's funny we didn't even need to make that fight because we no. already had our lane. You know, no, what I mean? yeah, yeah. But, but it was just kind of it was. Kinda yeah, it's funny. funny it's funny now, but but like, I even like the hood stuff. 
you know, Rich Homie Kwan and like, you know, and then like, like the girl that was, you know, like I played uh, Schoolboy Q Studio and that girl was just bugging me like, it's my birthday. I want you to play, you know, yeah. it's studio. Sound, it sounded just like that. Yeah, <laughs> man. No, I was she like, did, yeah, man. Birthday, dude, it was, I'm ratchet. <laughs> no, I'm for real. Dude, up. it was like a, 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 a pack of ratchet girls. I have a fear of ratchet girls, dog. <laughs> On the real, dude. They be waiting for me. I'm outside. serious, dude. Like I, like I'm like, like they, they scared me. You know really? Because <laughs> they were wild. Like, you they didn't were, play my shit. It they, was my birthday. They I'm cut you. They were wilding out, dude. They were, but they you know were, like, that's twerking and all that stuff. Or they no, were just, they, like, no, posted no. Up? They they were just like. What like, is this? What group of girls? I'd see. That's what I like now. It's like seeing. I shouldn't just say women, but since you said twerk, you know, the women come out that you could tell they've been practicing that shit. <laughs> yeah, but, but, yeah, like, no, but, like, but the, I mean, because they keep doing, like, they do something, they do something, and then they look over their shoulder. And they do no, something, they see, look that, over, and I'm see, like, that, that see, shit, I love that see, shit. See, that's some rehearsed shit. You know I, what I mean? Know, but it's no, shit, but these girls. That's entertainment for the yo, DJ. Yo, yo, but <laughs> you're right these there girls, in front of it. No, but these girls, they didn't, like, they weren't practicing. You know what I mean? They're, like, naturally ratchet. You know what I mean? Like they they, just the way they were dressed, they weren't even trying, dude. I was just like, man, these girls—they fucking scare me, man. <laughs> I'm for real. And then like she kept like, playing studio, and then like when I then I played it, and I was like thinking, I bet you her diet consists of nothing but fast food. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, like, no, seriously, fill, fill the brain like, with I, that, I, fill I, the stomach with, I, with the I, same. I, yeah, I think, I think like people who like who who listen to like obvious radio ratchet stuff like i think it's safe to say that their their diet consists of a lot of fast food they're probably not they, leaving they need the they need the junk and they and they probably drink lots of sodas you they're know not, what i mean like, they're not going they're not, not going to uh I'm not, you know, Kirby to get tofu migas, you know man. I mean? They go to Whataburger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you know. They go to Whataburger get their steak fries, man. Which sounds good right about now. Yeah, you know, they're not they're not eating like you know like you know fancy like all natural pizzas or whatever. You know what I mean? They're like they're like they're like Hungry. they're like playing. You know, they're playing. You know, they're playing like Trillville and they're throwing a Totino's pizza in the microwave. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's going right. down. I don't. I, and I, you know what? I like Trillville. I don't know about the Totina's pizza, but I, I like Trillville. <laughs> I like all that stuff just as much as anyone does. There's a time and place for that. Give but, me a microwave and the Totinos right now, and I guarantee I would eat that shit right yeah, now. Yeah, but those. Yeah, let, let's, 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 let's cut it. It's been two hours. <laughs> two I like that theory, though. <laughs> it is, man. I mean, you. I mean, See some of these individuals it. out there. They got. They got to be able to shake it and then catch the wave. Try to catch the wave throughout the body. <laughs> Surfing on my surf. All right. Uh, yeah, it's been a, almost. It's almost been a couple hours. Uh, we're not gonna do the game because we won't have time for that. Actually, no. I just. I just asked this. What you got? Uh, is there a place, or bar, or club at night that you would recommend to the audience to go check out? Damn. Um. Well, since I'm pretty much off the grid, uh, oh man, I mean, uh, you know, I, I since we're talking about it, Mondays, if if uh, you you haven't made it out for the weekend, definitely make are you, it. Are you make talking? It out. Are you are you talking about a place where you get turned out, or do you or just a place that goes chill out so, and have a no, drink? No, no, a place that you you enjoy and you think oh, other you would people go, would where, enjoy. You would go. Where, where, where would you Dave? go? Where would you go? Um, Whole Foods. 
Yeah, I mean, health food. He drinks exactly, dude. I would go to a wine tasting and uh, no. Old um, man, <laughs> old man, Dave. Yes, sir. Um, no, I mean, I mean, there's there's great spots. I mean, I, I mean, good good glass of guys. You know what has? Uh, it's a really dope spot. It's a new new joint on uh, uh, Mainer, the 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 schoolhouse. Um, they got some pretty decent. Isn't food. that where we? Yeah, where we, we went. went. They had they have they have a great Scott selection. Uh, I like that shit. But that's just straight, you know, chill. Um, that's you know, fine. And uh, you know, maybe to start the night, you know, with, with a little date or something. And uh, you know, but that's that's off the cut. That's uh, that's nowhere near you know the epicenter. It I don't, I don't you know, really. That that, that kind of is the epicenter now. The east, Manor, east, side, east side is east side is like now. And like a little bit. When we, and when and when Dave and I went there for the first time, I mean, I used to live there. I mean, I lived on the east side twice. I lived on 60th and Chacon, and then I lived right off of Cherrywood. Yeah. Back in the day, and when I lived on Cherrywood, that area wasn't kind. It wasn't popping off like that. You know what I mean? Like El Toledo yeah. was there. Clementine Coffee was over there, Eastside Cafe, and Hoover's. Yeah. But, like, when I lived there, no one was walking around at night. No one was riding bikes. There weren't, like, these hipster girls walking around at 2 a.m. Because it was straight up hood. You know straight what I mean? Up. Yeah. When we went there, it's different story. People riding bikes at 2 a.m., girls walking around, like, just totally sucked into their cell phones, walking around at 2 a.m., dude. I'm like, wow, this neighborhood has changed. Yeah, man. Yeah, so, but those, yeah, I mean, you know... uh what I've seen, what I've seen, Rainy Street evolve into, like the 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 variety that I think. I mean, I I almost think you can't miss with too many spots down there, and it's actually kind of a little, you know, there's there's actually people, there's things going on. So, you know, I mean, uh, it right. really depends on the flavor. You know, if you if you if you kind of hipster stuff, hit hit that East Side. You know, Sixth Street. You know, there's a lot of good quality joints. Yeah. Volstead, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. What about you? Me personally, like food is a major major uh, part of a place I would go to, and so like I keep it 04, You know, so yeah. I go to I go to the Gibson, right? Gibson, yeah. What's the, the place that the 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 trailer? That, Luke, yes, Luke Inside Out. Luke's I, I drove in, down there. He posted a picture, and I'm like, I gotta check this shit out. I, I was driving. I in, just went there. Yeah, it's really good. So yeah, the spot is good. So like, you know, the, the the bar staff there, they're 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 cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you want the, a restaurant experience? I mean, I like that barley swine. I mean, that whole yeah, you know, setup like that. Um, but yeah, Luke's Inside Out. The food is just. I highly recommend it. You guys should check it out. The burger is amazing. Yeah, burger is really good. The chicken really is amazing. Good. I mean, they have this thing called the rabbit as well. I mean, it's really good stuff. I like going right. there. Cool, cool. Uh, let's see what's next. Yeah, plugs, shout outs. Where can people find you? Uh, ahead, you're man. off the grid, but if you got anywhere, can people like send a pigeon or what the. Let's see, homing pigeon. Yeah, you could send that to uh, my mom's place off of Blue Bond. No, um, no, I mean, uh, I'm, you know, like I said. You just I... told everybody where your mom lives, dude. Oh, Blue Bond has a big street, man. It goes, okay, it stretches. Okay, okay. No, but um, just, yeah. she's a cool lady, man. I mean, people all right. enjoy her. Um, if somebody's getting married, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, DJDM911.com. I pretty much, uh, I haven't said I uh, dropped a job mighty, but, you know, if I say that to some couples, they're like, ja, what? Ja. So, DJDM911.com. Um, DJDM? David Miranda, that's my name. Oh shit! Uh, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, yeah. yeah. I so like, I just, I there's just, no, there's no giant there. Yeah, it just, it just, uh, 
simplified that. And, um, yeah, you know, periodically, uh, you know, catch me, catch me in nasties, but, uh, just that. And, um, that's really it, man. I'm sorry, man. Why, why, why don't you plug your, uh, your, uh, your, your bike race thing? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, for charity. For yeah, charity. I mean, you know, yeah, I've been doing a ton of cycling. That's kind of my new passion. Um, but the Livestrong uh, race, um, or not race, but bike ride for for cancer, a great cause. I uh, did did a hundred miles for for AIDS, HIV. Uh, I don't know about a year ago, maybe two years ago, and then mm-hmm. I chose cancer. I think next year I'm going to choose MS. So yeah, just ride a hundred miles. Um, Where can people find out about that? Um, well, I'm, I'm riding with, uh, Bobby Dixon's team, uh, Collective Fusion. Um, so you can just go to the Livestrong, uh, website, uh, Collective Fusion and you find us. Um, I already got some good people donating. Mad love to all those people who've already done that. Collective Fusion with a K. Yeah, with a K. Okay. I'll put all that on the, on the post for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's dope. Uh, Mel. Um, I'm DJing at Nasty's. I go back to Nashville again this weekend for a wedding. Nice. DJing a wedding in Nashville. Nashville's dope. You guys need to check it out. Um, and then I'm back to Nasties. And then um, I think the Thursday, uh, right before ACL, I'm playing an event at Tom's Coffee House. You know, the shoe company Tom's? Yeah. They have a coffee house on South Congress. Um, is so it public I, or private? Yeah, I think it's public. You can go there, and I, I think it is. And it's it's definitely, it's kind of it's kind of like this kind of like welcome event where for badge holders and people who are going to the festival, mm-hmm. you know, they go there to get their credentials or whatever, and they can get a cup of coffee and check out all the Tom shoes and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then the day after that, that, that Friday, um, Tito's, they're throwing like a, like a slew of events around town. I guess, you know, they usually have like a yearly event. The shindig just, thing? Yeah. The shindig thing. Yeah. You DJ that? So I'm doing the one at Brazos hall, like early in that evening, uh, Early that evening, that that's a Friday. Early on, and then they have another event at the on the roof at um, Speakeasy later on that evening. And that's uh, private or no? I don't think it's private, dude. I know that the Tito's thing. I, I've been there before. I forgot how I got it. Yeah, there. they always throw down, and, they, and it's always like the public's always involved. So I don't. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent on whether or not it's private. And it's DJ Mail, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, um, DJMail.com. Um, at DJ Mel for Twitter, um, at DJ Mel takes pics, Instagram, um, stalk me online, you know? This man's everywhere, I swear. I, I try to be. And then I'm in Vegas after that, so fun. Yeah. All right, and I got some shit for you, too. <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah. All right. Told you the uh, one the four-year anniversary, the launch. Of his event. Oh, you know what? Did anyone ask you any questions online about, like, any questions for us? Uh, I haven't seen anything. I thought I saw someone ask, like, some questions. Like, someone asked a question about. Oh, um, on the on the Facebook post? Yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah. They said, who is John Mighty? <laughs> who is no, was, David Moreno? It, it was, Why it was from Preston. It was time? about uh, the current politics have an influence on your set. Oh, who who? That was Preston. It's Preston. It's a friend of mine. I went I went to college. With. Oh, your homie. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what did he say? Yeah, do current politics have an influence on your sets? Are you ever like my sets? Like when I play for the president, or like in general? In general, I would think. Is your music for good times? Wait, what? And I'm. I think he's probably thinking of like like when I play like a political event. 
Hmm. I also wonder, you know, some of the, you know, things that's going on with like the NFL, domestic violence, all that stuff. Because a lot of that, I mean, a lot of that mu- music I, is like pretty yeah, misogynistic like, like, yeah, and stuff like, like that. Well, okay. Well, you know, let, let, like, let's okay, go. So, so basically, what he's asking is, are you uh, are you trying to make political statements with the music you play, depending on? You know, okay. Where you where you playing? Does that influence yeah, your set? Yeah. I think that's what he's asking. Yeah, let's so like you know like you know quickly. Yeah. Um, th- both sides, like at the club, like you know, it's like no holds barred. You know what I mean? You could just I'm just gonna play whatever. You All know the what songs I mean? about weed for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it, you know, it, it depends on the setting. You know, like if I'm gonna open for Snoop Dogg, yeah, I'm gonna play songs that have references to weed. Makes sense, right? Right, right. If I'm at the club at Nasty's, I'm going to play stuff that girls like to play, you know, dance to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Political events, that is like, okay, well, that's a very, first off, it's a serious thing. You know what I mean? Like, you're mm-hmm. there, you're there, you're representing the president of the United States. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be playing Trillville records and, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> Juicy J in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not. Duke I'm not, James. Yeah, I'm not going there, you know, but, you know, it's also playing, the, you know, like with, you know, with that in mind, like I, it's, it's definitely fun playing those events too. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like making, you know, like just making connection with, with the folks, you know, um, and, and when you think of like political people, you just think of, Stuffy people that don't want to party, no, dude. Democrats party. Republicans Calif- don't. Yeah, <laughs> Gina, uh, uh, dude, I can't. I, I can't. I can't speak for the Republicans. I can't, but, I can't even picture that. But <laughs> like you know, every event that I've played for the California Democrats, dude, they party. They have a good time. I want to go there one time. I act like I'm pressed or something. I just want to go. I represent feedback. The fuck is that? Uh, the podcast. I had your DJ on my show. Let me in. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Let me see what's happening this weekend. Uh, Thursday, there's an, uh, a tribute to uh, Nikki the Beat, uh, the uh, New Orleans Bounce artist who passed away uh, earlier this month. Uh, you know, the, he had a song, Express Yourself, with Dippo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Pretty much yeah, he, put Nova yeah. Bounce on the, on like, the map. Uh, Rusty Laser, uh, like that's yeah. Rusty Laser's homie. Yeah, so actually he'll be there. Oh, Russell will be there. That's Rachel's. That's Rachel's event. Yeah, Rachel's. Yeah, yeah. yeah Rachel's. Is that Chirrup, Chirrup's, right? Is who? Is that a Chirrup Charlie's? Yeah. Cool. Chirrup Charlie's, uh, 7 p.m., uh, three bucks to get in, and all the proceeds go to Nikki's uh, uh, funeral cost and uh, for the family and everything. So go support. Check that out. Uh, and then the same day at Empire Control Room, uh, Run DMT, Zili, and Pagame from Peligrosa. Nice. Uh, playing at Empire, uh, ten bucks advance tickets, fifteen at the door, eighteen plus. So go check it out at Dance. But the biggest thing happening this weekend is the first Weird Hip Hop Festival. Oh never yeah, heard about yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. never seen so many flyers for the same event. They have uh, so it's Friday, Friday through Sunday. Uh, Dawson Mike Exchange is putting together, so they do the thing at. Uh, the open mics uh, at the Spider Ballroom on Tuesday nights. They have like a okay. poetry slam and then open mics. Uh, so it's basically a whole festival happening on pretty much Red River Seven and Seven Street. So Empire Control Room, Red Seven, Holy Mountain, Beerland, and then the North Door on the other side of the highway. Uh, so 
They got a lineup. I mean, I don't know how they pull that shit together. Dilated Peoples, Ferry Monch, Black Mill, Guilty Simpson, Dan Funk, Gene Gray, and a bunch of other guys. And then all the local artists would be there. So Franchise, Crew 54, uh, Subculture Patriots, Magna Carta, uh, Nose Flow, Smack Cola would be there. Rise Against the Riders, Storm. Yeah. They're doing a body rock party too during that weekend. Uh, is it, I mean, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I think uh, I'm oh, going to yeah. check it out for sure. Yeah, dude. No doubt. I mean, they have. That's, that's this weekend, right? This weekend. God, love, yeah, of course I'm out of town. Yeah. <laughs> Austin popped off last weekend and I was out of town. Really? With Pride, Oddball Comedy. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, I was there. Yeah, there was a bunch of other stuff that was going on in town. I was like, damn, why did I leave? Like, Oddball I- Comedy was fucking dope, man. Loved it. Was it Louis, Louis, C- Louis, Louis C.K., C.K. Sarah Silverman, Mark Marin, Hannibal Burris, Doug Benson showed up. I mean. Did you, uh, did you listen to Sarah on, on Stern today? Uh, not yet. I got to catch up. It was good. Yeah, I got to catch Excellent. up. Excellent. Always good. That was my first time seeing her set, and I, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, so, yeah. So, the Weird City Hip Hop Festival. Uh, yeah, Body Rock will be there. They're doing a kids' rap camp on Saturday at 2 o'clock at D&D for kids to learn about hip hop, uh, basically producing and entertainment, edu- trying to educate the kids about hip hop. Nice. With Dub Academy and Bavu Blake's uh, Blitz, who has a studio uh, down south now. They've been doing a demo yeah. with all the kids. Uh, I think I have rap battles. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. I wanna I wanna I wanna I wanna battle. You want rap battle? Yeah, man. Right now? No, no. I, <laughs> you better now. You better I, I, back down. I can't. I can't. I can't. You better I, back down. Yeah, for real. I, I yeah. I can't come off the like straight from the dome like that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, it's all written for me. Oh man. I'm a guy come from the golden you, you, age, and he be, says it's all written. You're gonna I, be all re- you're gonna be a regular because one time I have you, and then have like I don't know, like franchise with Zilly, and you guys. Yeah, those dudes yeah, would crush me. I know one <laughs> sentence they would crush me. I'd be like, I, 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 Mel would be our, 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 our. I watch and I laugh my ass off. I, I, I would come off with like 16 bars of rage. He would be you like, know what I mean? and yo, they would one check sentence, it. Fuck, 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 check, fuck, check it, yo, 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 I'm about to rip up. the mic, yo. I flip and I rhyme, I rhyme and I rip. I rhyme and I rip, I, I rip and I rhyme. <laughs> That's the way Dylan spit. That's the the spit hot fire. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, the Weird City Hip Hop Festival, you can buy a day pass for 40 bucks for Friday or Saturday, or you can get a full weekend pass for 60 bucks. That'll give you access to everything that's happening. Uh, let's see what else. Looking uh, towards October, I got to plug this. It's a good friend of mine putting together. Uh, there's a global march for elephants and rhino happening at the Capitol on Saturday, October 4th at 10 a.m. Uh, so it's happening all over the world, uh, like 123 cities. Uh, just show up at the uh, the state Capitol, uh, the South Gate at 10 a.m. And uh, just there's going to be a big march trying to prevent, like support all the, the, the what's it called? Organization that stopped poachers and all that stuff in in Africa. Yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. That's that's really messed up, man. I've yeah, I've read about that. It's yeah, it's, it's crazy. So I know it's, it's ACL weekend and going to be that going on, but you got to support. You can uh, buy shirts, uh, spread the word. This is going to be good. I'll remind everybody next week also. Uh, you know, stop the ivory trade and all the crazy shit that's happening, and uh, save the rhinos and the elephants. I think that's it. We're talking at. Two hours and 13 minutes. Bang, yeah. bang. 
I think we got the record. So bang, real, bang. Quick, real quick, uh, make sure you subscribe. I know this was a long one, but it was great. I want to thank John Mighty, aka DJ DM, bow, 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 bow. Uh, 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 and DJ Mel, of course. What up? Thank you, thank you. Uh, make sure you go to Facebook, Twitter, uh, follow the feedback. It will be on SoundCloud, hopefully by next week, so you can uh, subscribe on that. Uh, tell your people, tell your friends, tell your mama. Uh, go to iTunes, subscribe, rate. I need to get up there in the ratings. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. That's all I got. So tell your folks. This is a lot of work putting all this shit together. Yes, I've been doing it for almost a year now, so yeah, we got up. support. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, thank big you, up to Bach doing this, man. Thank Thanks you for thank having you, us thank out. You. I'm typing it myself. Thank you, thank you. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Ciao. Yep. <laughs>